one of the best things I've ever seen. Dan, do you uh, can you hear Dan? I mean, yeah, I hear him. Yep, Hi, Danny. Oh. All right, and we're actually live. So, uh, Tuch, I'm going to put you backstage. I'm going to go here, and uh, people are pouring into the bar room. I see the numbers going five, six, seven, eight, and more are coming in. So, we are actually going to start this show. Um, Dan, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, we. I spent my Thanksgiving <laughs> with you. Yes, we did. Dan and I were two lost souls. For cheesy, can you hear Dan Aguirre out in the chat room there? Speak to us, Dan. Hello, whoever's in the chat room. What's right. up? Hello. Matthew For Cheesy, the bear man. There he is. They're saying everybody is so relieved. They were like, man, I can't. I, I was hoping I didn't have to listen to Tooch and Aldo the entire show. <laughs> I'm relieved too. I mean, like, I was like, what am I doing wrong? I kept looking. I was like, I don't think it's anything on my end. No, you didn't touch a damn thing. I don't know, man. It's sometimes, uh, you know, you turn something on and then you turn it back on. Everything goes wacky. So the equipment must be female. I mean, like I said, I love women, <laughs> but women can be a little bit fickle. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Uh, if you just joined us, we had some technical problems. So uh, this is our second go around. People can hear Dan Aguirre now. So life is good. And I was just going to ask Dan how his Thanksgiving was. But actually, he and I spent the texting one another because he had to work. And I was without the uh, family because I was working in the barroom stuff. And so I decided to just kind of stay at home and enjoy uh, most of the day on my own. Uh, Dan, uh, did you get late or anything? <laughs> no, no, not on Thanksgiving. I as soon as we got off the air, I think I went I went to bed for like seven hours after that because I'd only slept like three before. Mm -hmm. And then I just watched TV and I may have worked out. And then I went and I worked Friday. I worked over the weekend as well. So no, I haven't had any uh, uh sexual uh escapades, if you will, since uh the the one I was talking about last week. Well, 4,000 Clovers is very, very upset because he says he only came on to listen to Dan's life, sex life segment. <laughs> so, Well, trust me, there's nothing there. I mean, you know, it, it's like, you know, you do you remember Good Luck Chuck? No. The Dane, it was a Dane Cook film. The premise is he got laid a lot mm -hmm. and whomever he fucked then found the love of their lives mm -hmm. after taking his cock. <laughs> That's happened to me like four times with women I've been with, and then suddenly the next guys who the, who who they get with. So it's kind of a curse. Like my friend Michael says, this is his words, not mine. Mm -hmm. He says he's he's got pussy on tap. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, that's not exactly true. But needless to say, on Sunday I went to that Gucci movie because of the cast. You had Al Pacino, and, yeah. and Adam Driver, and. Uh, 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 the guy that was in Lolita and Dead Ringers, uh, mm -hmm. Jeremy Irons, mm -hmm. and Lady Gaga, you had the supreme cast, you know? So I went to that, couldn't find one fucking woman that wanted to go. Wow. Everyone was saying either maybe or it's all wishy-washy, you know? So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's sort of a car. Yeah, maybe you can get laid, but fuck, who wants to go see a movie with this fuck? Yeah. Nobody, apparently. So. <laughs> well, that's a shame. I mean, and you said that you were the only one in the movie theater when you went, right? I absolutely, like I said, it it depressed me. The late when I left, the lady said it was like you had your private screening, which made me laugh when she said that. Uh -huh. But I, I felt like I was one. I can't remember which episode it was because I, I binged the Twilight Zone like six, seven years ago. Uh -huh. 
And it's like one of the episodes where like, you're the last man on earth. I felt like that's what, that, that's who I was. It's like the only person alive. I'm watching this movie and no one's communicating with me. No one wanted to go on the fucking date. You know, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Maybe I can get blown, but fuck, I'd like to have someone want to be seen with me in public too, you know? So things could be better, but things could be worse. I could be a guy that could never get laid. So that would be, that would be awful. 4,000 Clover says he's got a good story. He was walking his dog last week and he saw this woman. He, I swear she was wearing headphones. So told my dog, there's your future mom. And she heard everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have the headphones on, but uh, he still got the digits. Look at you, 4,000 Clovers. Man, you got more than enough Clovers. Pass those things around. <laughs> Mule Skinner says you were you were uh, privy to a private uh, screening, and uh, by the way, Heidi is in the chat room, and I met Heidi last week. Did I? Did we talk about this last last no, week? No, no. She. I think you met her on Wednesday. Yes, yes. And yes. then on Thanksgiving, you just said, "I'm going to tell you the story," but we we got uh, on on to other things, and so I haven't heard your story. The, well. The, here, here's the story. Heidi and I met downtown. We got a hotel room and we made passionate sex for in love for like three days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the first time I got to meet Heidi Zimmerman, and she is a sweetheart. Just what you would imagine. Um, we had a wonderful meal. She uh, gave me this bottle of uh, really good stuff here, this uh, mezcal, and. Uh, we had a beautiful lunch together. We had a great conversation. She's just adorable in so many different ways. And she next season when she comes for a Bears game, she's going to come in September when the weather is better. And so hopefully we can create a gathering with Dan. Hopefully you can come in town and the Tooch who's out in Iowa nowadays and a bunch of other people and get together with Heidi and a bunch of other people. We'll, we'll start planning that. I'll, uh, I'll ask my wife to plan that. And if she heard me make the joke that Heidi and I had sex for three days, then she ain't going to plan shit. <laughs> I would have sex with Heidi for three days though. My God. <laughs> Heidi is a beautiful, beautiful woman. And she sounds like Penelope Cruz. I, I love her voice. She does. She does. And uh, But she's uh, very, very, very smart about football, politics, entertainment. Uh, just talking to her was such a great time. So, um, And then Heidi says, good mezcals don't have a worm. Yeah, thank goodness. I, I, I don't want anything with, uh, with the worm in it. But uh, let's get to football here because there's so much – to talk about Dan. So I want to get your impressions on the bears Thanksgiving day game where you, I, I know you would have been in a really huge funk if they would have lost to that incredibly terrible team, the Detroit lions, but were you, was it satisfying for you? Because like in the open, I say they won, but I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. And that's how I've been. It's just been miserable knowing that the Chicago bears might be one of the worst organizations in football. What's, what are your thoughts? Well, again, it beats the alternative. I'm so glad we're not sitting here talking about, ah, the bears, they lost to a team that was 0 10 and one or whatever the fuck they were going into the game. At least at least we did that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So for maybe that's bare minimum, no pun intended, <laughs> but at least we won the game. To quote Herman Edwards, "Hello, 
you play to win the game. So, <laughs> yes, I was happy that we won the game. I, I don't understand. Uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of radios you'll hear in the piece uh, for the media sound bites and stuff. And there were a lot of people that were saying they were wishing uh, for Santos to miss yeah. or for there to be a bad snap because they simply wanted the Bears to lose, thinking that somehow Nagy was going to get fired if they lost again. And you knew that wasn't going to happen because McCaskey came out and denied the report, which I'm, I feel like a conspiracy theorist, but I am of the school that the report was probably accurate, mm -hmm. which is why they didn't dispel it immediately. And just because it took on a life of its own, they're, they uh, we better go. This is going to look bad on us. So we better go ahead and squash it. Yeah, you got to wonder because they let that report just sit there for a couple of days before George McCaskey came down and talked to the players and dismissed it. I got a soundbite from uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, the beloved bear safety from the Chicago Bears. And this is what he said uh, regarding McCaskey's visit to the team. Uh, I feel like it was huge. You know, it was a lot of distractions that week. Um a lot of stuff that was going on in the media, I guess. Uh, but for him to just come and clear it up, you know, just give us a better understanding of what was really going on. Everyone, I feel like everyone appreciated it. Were you able to ask questions during that, or was it just kind of like an address and thank you very much? Yeah, that was it. Was just that. Yeah, that's simple. Isn't that weird? I mean, to me, if you're going to address the team, why not at least sit around and talk to some questions? We can't talk about 20, uh, 2022, but I just want to answer whatever questions I can about this season. And, and, and But he just basically said it's a erroneous report. And thanks very much. See ya. That's fucking ridiculous. Don't you think? I agree. Did you see the, I don't know the authenticity of it because I didn't hear the audio, but it was on one of those sites I don't want to even falsely attribute it. It was something I'm not trying to mock the bears blog. It was something like that though. It was on a site that on its face doesn't have a blue check mark. If you want to, you know, extrapolate it, but they had a quote from Cole Komet mm -hmm. and Komet, according to what I read that just, it was in the middle of the night, like two nights ago, basically said that some of what has been reported, he personally witnessed and he thought, how did I, how did this even get leaked out? Mm. So then the article was saying, well, what part is he talking about? Is he talking about like what Hub Arkish reported that George McCaskey said, no, you're going to play the kid. Mm -hmm. You're going to play Justin Fields. And, and Hub says he stands by that. Of course, the Bears have denied it. Right. Yeah, Cole Komet met the media after the game yesterday, and he was asked if it was a distraction. This is what he said. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It was tough for me. Um, a lot in your, a lot in your head after you know going right from Sunday into, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then playing Thursday, and you know, there's a lot in your head. You don't know what's true, what's not, and um, you know, that was difficult for me. And you know, you don't know what's going on. And at the end of the day, you know, as, as players, we kind of just, you know, hunkered down on uh, just this Wednesday night and. Um, you know, just felt put ourselves in a good mindset, and you know, we we're able to do a, do a job today and get a win. Yeah, I'm not sure what that article was referring to, uh, but yeah, there are a lot of reports. I just saw uh, uh, who was it? Uh, I just saw the factor said they even reported that some Bears players said their goodbyes to Matt Nagy at some point. Now, I, I had not heard that. So there's a. I've read that too. Uh, they said yeah. that the reason that McCaskey came down was because on when Nagy addressed the team, I guess it was Tuesday, right? 
last week. Correct. That some of the players are like, okay, coach, uh, we understand what you, you're having to say this, but it's been fun. And like was shaking his hand and wishing him well. And no one believed him. I've, I've seen those reports too, that when he was trying to squash it, that the Bears players were like, mm, okay, you're just trying to save face now. This is one of the biggest uh, Bears fiasco. We talked about this last week, about the Dave McGinnis non-hiring uh, 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 fiasco. I, I think that this I is... I still blame that on Dave McGinnis. Yeah, you know, I don't know. If... He should have been fucking thrilled. He went to the interview hoping he was going to get the job. So they told him, all right, we're going to hire you. He should have been like, all right, get my get the deal done. He should have been ecstatic to yeah, be the Bears coach. But don't you think, though, Dan, if you and I had an agreement, okay, you want to come to work here and I want you to come to work here, all right, we'll finish the negotiations at our next meeting. And then you get into your car and on the way to the airport, back to your home, you hear that everything is signed, sealed, and delivered. Wouldn't you be pissed off? I mean – not necessarily like to me, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not contradicting you. I don't remember if they said he had signed a deal yet. I just thought that they announced that he was going to be the next coach. Right. So if, if you were on Mike North's show, for example, and you said, Hey, uh, Dan and uh, me have a, have something going and he's going to be full time here or something. I'd be like, wow, he's, he must really want me to work there. So I view it the opposite i'm like well they they really want me to be the coach i i just feel like dave mcginnis fucked the bears and fucked dave mcginnis with mm. his drama queen shit from 1999 well, fuck you dave mcginnis <laughs> that's funny well i i i mean i agree that you probably should have worked out a deal but i don't know i i just think it was too premature and just another example of how the bears screw shit up this organization you know i'll I, play devil's advocate again what if michael mccaskey because he had worked here before what if michael mccaskey thought that he knew dave mcginnis and had an, a relationship with it and this is conjecture because mm -hmm. michael mccaskey's not here to talk to us but what if he thought he knew dave mcginnis well and was like, look, I'm going to say he's the next coach. We have a good relationship. We'll work the deal out later. Fuck it. He's our guy. Yeah. It's, so you're asking what if that would have happened? I think that in my opinion, if I were drawing, if I was trying to think what possibly happened, that would be if I'm trying to defend Michael McCaskey in a screenplay, that's the way I would write it up. Because <laughs> why else would he go out on a limb this dude's not because he's an I mean, idiot. That's what I don't think so. We, we we won a Super Bowl with him there. I mean, oh, he had nothing to do with that Super Bowl. But he you was know still that. a part of it. It's not like he's a complete and utter idiot. I mean, maybe he uh, wasn't. You know, he had other people like like Finks and stuff. I get it, but I'm just saying maybe he he's been around or he had been around. So maybe he thought McGinnis was trustworthy, and Dave McGinnis fucked him. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're uh, being really nice to the Chicago Bears. I'll tell you where where I'm at right now with this Bears organization. I, I've defended that many, many times, but now I've gotten to the point now where I feel like they've lied to me about their competency, about their uh, about their abilities to put together a winning organization. I am convinced now that. George McCaskey has to 
go away and not have anything to do with the football team. They need to bring in a new chairman, somebody outside of the McCaskey family. I really do believe, and I know this is going to be almost impossible to do because I think that Virginia McCaskey wants to keep the team in the family that was important to her and her dad. But I truly believe that we've reached a point here where this is the most disorganized organization in pro football. And I'm not sure we can ever win with a McCaskey leading the team. Now, of course, you know, there are other McCaskies on the board and they'll probably get their chance. And maybe one of them knows what he, uh, what to do in order to build a winner. But right now I'm just feeling so betrayed by this organization. I'm really, really upset. Now I'm not going to stop following the bears. I'm always going to love the Chicago bears, but right now at this point, particular moment i'm just I've, I've i've i'm fed up with the mccaskey family with ted phillips and so forth i've 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 defended those guys so much but after this fiasco from last week and as, as bad there you go the, the two just put up the graphic the chicago bears cycle and it, yeah it just keeps going over and over and over again it's the same fucking shit and it always leads back to management it's 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 I, fucked up I so I agree with you on everything to do with the current day stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't want to waste any more time on 1999. But the last thing I'll say about it, the worst thing that that the Bears did there was say that they were hiring a guy. Mm-hmm. It's not like they, they, you know, they lied and uh, they could have said, "Oh, we haven't made up our minds." And who, they, they, he said, "Who he wanted to hire?" Like mm-hmm. to me, the, if that's the worst thing we can complain about, you say, oh, he shouldn't have said it publicly yet," but he did. I mean, like. To me, that I, I just feel like those two situations are like this one deserves a lot of contempt. That one, I think, was all because of Dave McGinnis's reaction. If Dave McGinnis would have been like, oh, I'm honored to be the next head coach. We don't have a deal. My agent will take care of it. No one would have said shit about it. No, I see. I disagree. I think in business, a deal is a deal when there's a name on the contract because you've you've agreed on the money at that. OK, well, how many times have the Bears drafted somebody and didn't have a contract done yet? But you know that that's their first pick. Yeah, but that's that's part of the process. All 32 teams do that. They draft players. They don't have a pre prearranged agreements with 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 coaches. That's a different thing. These guys are independent uh, em, uh, employers, they, there's, there's no, uh, you know, you don't draft coaches and you, you kind of stuck with the coach that you drafted these, you, you can negotiate with anyone. So McGinnis probably thought, you know what? And he did get a head coaching job somewhere else. Didn't he? If I Arizona and he was off and he was awful. Right. So the bears were spared of, of, uh, how, how bad he was. But, uh, I, I just think that you don't make an announcement. You don't, in fact, in that video, his wife is quoted as saying, we were told, we, we told them that we had to go back to Arizona and talk to certain people like the Bidwell family and so forth. And I'm paraphrasing some of this. And and, and we were going to have an opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do certain things before we moved forward. And so that's part of what went wrong there. They, they just lied to Mr. and Mrs. McGinnis about their employment, but it's, it's just typical of the bears, man. It really is. I agree with that. It is. It does seem like there's a dark cloud around the bears, uh, structural organizationally all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I hear you. So listen, I, I want to get to this media uh, report that you 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 put together, brilliantly put together, um, and uh, because there's a lot of things that I want to react to there, but I want to hear the professional broadcasters talk about it first. Can and, I set up one of the clips first, though? Pl please do. Okay. Now, this is to someone like Zimmerman, who was born, you know, in the early 90s and not taking any shots. I mean, but... <laughs> There's going to be a reference to the 1996 Jacksonville Jaguars in here. And if you don't know the story, I that's what I wanted to paint, uh, the picture. I uh, see Yurko, John Yurkovich, played for the Packers and then Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So when he was with Jacksonville, he's making – see, he keeps trying to come up with optimism. This That segment was the day after Thanksgiving. They actually worked, Carmen and Yurko. And he, Carmen was like, where are you getting this optimism from? And Yurk says – because I lived it. So he That's compares right. the Jacksonville Jaguars in 96. We're four and seven. Mm -hmm. All right. He said, it just, you take one win. He said, we were getting ugly wins. He, he had an example of, you know, they won by one point. They won by two points. They won by three. But suddenly they started stacking wins up out of nowhere. And he said they were barely scoring any points. But and they go from four and seven to nine and seven. And they made the playoffs. And in the playoffs, they beat Buffalo on the road. Uh, and he go, he gives an example. He says uh, Clyde Simmons had a, a pick six. Like, Clyde Simmons had a pick six? Yes. So weird things start going your way. And then the next week, they go to Denver, who was, what, 14-2, and two, and they beat Elway in Mile High. And John Elway cried after the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, they went to the AFC Championship game, and they started out 4-7. and seven. And that's what Yurt kept saying. Like, we were a bad team. That had, you know, suddenly just got momentum. Just be, we got a, a win here by one, an ugly win here by three. And before you know it, you've suddenly won five games in a row. He's just like, it could happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and because I just wanted to give you that context. So they go from four and seven to nine and seven and made it all the way to the AFC Championship before they lost to the Patriots, who went to Super Bowl 31 and lost to Green Bay because mm -hmm. uh, of Desmond Howard's uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah. But anyway. So that's the context. York is going to be referencing the 96 Jaguars. And if you didn't know what he was talking about, you'd be like, what, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, and that's about halfway through this 15-minute clip. And it's 15 minutes, Dan, because I added two more uh, uh, radio clips from today, I think they were, or maybe uh, yesterday, uh, uh, regarding the Fire and Aggie chants that are just spreading like a wildfire. I think uh, Cap at one point said that you, you could – you could even hear fire and Aggie at the at the Vatican. <laughs> he said, joking around. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, here it is. Uh, another uh, Dan Aguirre production of local media reacting to all of the Chicago Bears news from the last few days. Seemed pretty clear that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman did before they got out of there. They wanted to tell you how great Matt Nagy was and how he needed to play Andy Dalton. Because that gives him the best chance to win. To win what? Joe, what is he going to win? Win a Super Bowl? No. Be above 500? Probably not. Win a playoff game? Come on, man. So what exactly is Andy Dalton supposed to help them win? When they scored 16 points against the Lions and the dumbest coach in the NFL, they threw up the graphic of what the team was scoring with Andy Dalton and what they were scoring with Justin Fields. And guess what it was if you averaged it out? 16 points. This offense has not worked. 
And what Matt Nagy has offered you is excuses. The excuses are, I don't have the right quarterback to run my system, or this quarterback can't run my system. And what they keep doing is they keep blaming it on that. First, it was Mitch Trubisky's fault because he doesn't know this system. He didn't grow up in this system. He doesn't have enough experience in this system. So what do they go and do? They go get you Andy Dalton. Me, I'm sorry, Nick Foles because they're the same person. They go get you Nick Foles. Nick Foles came from a similar system with Doug Peterson, who was an assistant where? In Kansas City with whom? Matt Nagy, right? Foles tells them, yeah, I've played in this system, and we can't block it the way that you want to. They don't go and try to do something different or make the offensive line better. They just bench Foles. They send him to the land of the number three, and they gave you Andy Dalton. So who? what is it more likely that all four of the quarterbacks are so terminally flawed that you're stuck doing this thing where you score 16 points a game? Or a coach who doesn't know that his system doesn't work without really special players? I don't feel bad. It's because his boss doesn't believe he's doing his job. And if that's the case, then he gets fired. Matt Nagy or any head coach of an NFL football team sits in their office and they tell at least 30 guys every year, yeah, this is the end of the road here. And they fire players. And that player is supposed to leave and pick up where they can and try to make it work somewhere else. Difference is that when the player signed that two-year deal or that three-year deal, he doesn't get it. Once he's released or cut or however you want to put it or fired, he doesn't receive that money. If they fire Nagy, he's still going to receive the rest of his money. Zero sympathy for a coach because they're going to get paid anyway. So, And they'll get another job. As far as what was swirling around Chicago, when you had a Bulls game and they start, the Bulls are getting beat by 30, and they're chanting fire Nagy. It's reached that point, honestly. It's reached the point where it's like, well, what are we doing? Are we? He was coach of the year when he first got here, his first year, and was tricking everybody. It's, it was cute. I'm going to use the word cute. It was cute then when it's fourth and one, and you go four wide, and you run a double reverse pass, and it works. Well, that stuff don't work. Not in the NFL. It, it doesn't work very long. So now you got to play football and you got to actually come up with a scheme and adjust at halftime, and he doesn't do well at that. Yeah, the, the short explanation here is the Bears and any other team that would dismiss a coach during the season or inform him that he's not going to return after the season would have the ability to interview coaches uh, in the latter weeks of the season. I believe it's uh, 16 through 18, correct me if I'm wrong, but great opportunity because, and this is a change in the rule uh, in conjunction with the Rooney rule, I believe, uh, but basically the idea is to incentivize uh, interviewing playoff-bound coaches where you're not stuck holding off because some team is going to the Super Bowl and their offensive coordinators, such as Eric Bieniemy. Uh, that's the perfect example because the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl the last few years and teams have not had that golden opportunity to sit down with him. Granted, I don't know if the Bears want to hire another Chiefs offensive coordinator, but that's just an example of somebody they could sit down with now in the latter weeks of this season. And it basically incentivizes teams to fire a coach during the season. Look, we've heard all along that the Bears don't fire coaches during the season. 
I don't know if that necessarily means they wouldn't. Like, all we know is they haven't done it in 102 years. Uh, there have been examples where they probably should have, such as Tressman at the end of the 2014 season. John Fox knew he was a lame duck, really, for most of that 2017 season. The Bears haven't done it yet. I don't think they're necessarily opposed to doing it. Do you boys happen to hear Tyler Aki's conspiracy theory? What is it? Oh. The source of the inaccurate report could have been Matt Nagy. Knowing his only way to survive oh, the Lions game on a short, short week was if he leaked the report that he had been told that he was being fired, that this was his last game, the Bears would be so embarrassed that they would have to allow him to coach out the season. Wow, that's interesting. I'm going to laugh what Matt Nagy survives this whole thing. Carm, I'm painting a scenario but, of positivity. It's not an exceptional football team. But they've been in enough games this year where they could, I could say, hey, they could be somewhat competitive. Carm, you don't know what happens, man, when you start to believe. When that doubt kind of gets dissipated, and it might just be the one thing that needed to kickstart them. Oh, it takes what, Carm? A spark to get a fire going, right? What, this what, is what, the bare spark with 10 games to prepare for Arizona. That's days. the spark. Yeah. 10 days to prepare for Arizona. And if you're a Bears fan, you sit there and you say, I can't be excited about this. In the next two weeks, all of a sudden you find yourselves at six and seven. And guess what? The mojo starts to happen and they'd start walking with a little bit of strut in their step. Maybe a couple of balls get tipped in the air and some interceptions, interceptions start. You got to believe you're better than you are sometimes. I will exude positivity for the next week until what? Until they play until they crap the bed. Until they crap the bed in one of the next two games, and my joy and my happiness will be I don't be know over. what it's based on, though. There, there's, you're basing it on what? I mean, you're basing it on let's just try to be positive. I'm basing they, it on the fact they, of personal they're experience. Awful. They're, they're awful. I'm basing it on the facts of personal experience, Carm. I played on a crappy football team that couldn't get out of its own way. I played on a defense that only gave up 10 points and found a way to lose the game because Mark Brunel, though he threw for 500 yards in the game, Threw five interceptions in the game, one return for a touchdown. Found a way to lose 17 to 14 that specific day. And then all of a sudden we won one game. And then we started to build a little bit of momentum. In January of 97, do you know who scored a touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars? January of 97. Against the Buffalo Bills. The playoff the, game? The playoff game. Dare I say it was Clyde Simmons? <laughs> Screen, interception, return for a touchdown. I don't remember that. Clyde Simmons, I yes. That. That's good. That's how we got the 30, That's Carm. how we got the 30? We found a way. We chipped away. That's we good. got it done. That's good. They created a fumble, created some opportunities. I don't know where you get this stuff sometimes. Uh, Carm, I, I mean, I'm telling you. I can't believe anybody could find a way to be excited, be excited that the Bears won 16 to 14. Because there's a chance. In Detroit yesterday. We won five straight uh, games, Carm. Look at what we won by. Three points, two points, one point. We won at the end when Lagerman forced the fumble. And in overtime, the little Mikey Hollis uh, kicked yeah. the field goal at Metropolitan Stadium in Baltimore that hadn't been used in 20 years. We I, found a way, Carmen, is what I'm trying I to tell you. I walked away yesterday completely embarrassed man. as a Bears fan. Hey, Keith, what's up, man? Oh, I want to ask a question because I'm not a Bears fan. I've been living in Chicago all my 59 years. Do you all think that the Bears have the personnel and it's the coaching because changing coaches is not going to prove anything if the team doesn't have the personnel. I don't think they're blessed with amazing talent. I don't. I do think there's more talent there than they show. And when you are a head coach in his fourth year, right? Yes. Okay. Your offense has ranked 27, 28, 30, 31, or 32. Four years. 
you've never had a top 15, top 20 offense. Never. At some point, it's got to blow back on the coach that's, if you're an offensive guru. That's obvious. Let's go to Justin in Dallas. Hey, Justin, what's up, man? Hey, Cap Hoodie. Uh, I don't think Maggie is going anywhere. Maggie came out and he addressed it, but he sound cocky like all he like he always does. Uh, like I said, we beat the Lions. That means nothing to me, and it shouldn't mean anything to them. Yeah, it's a win, but you ever notice how when we go on these long losing streaks, we come back and we beat the the Lions, and they're happy. Okay, we beat the Lions. We're back in the win column again. As sad as it is, I was rooting for them to lose because I actually thought change was going to come. But it's not going to come. Yeah. It's not going to come until Ted and George leave. Just, so Justin. I'll let you all marinate on that. Y'all oh, have a good one. You too. Have Go a great ahead. week. Thank Appreciate you, the call. I believe Matt will not be the head coach next season. I don't see a scenario where he keeps his gig. I don't. And, and you, you guys broke it down very clear. There's no reason why he should be back here next year. And then when it comes to the, the quarterback situation, hey, if Dalton gives you the best chance to win, go ahead. I, I, I got to be honest. I was a fan of the kid, wanted to play the kid. This line may not be able to protect the kid. I don't want him to get any injuries that's going to be career-defining uh, injuries or anything like that. So, yeah, you can let Dalton finish out the year. But, I mean, the kid should be in line for the future. So, definitely we need to get someone better. Um, I, I like some of the suggestions you guys have been throwing out there, but I like Byron Leftwich. You know, I think he's uh, in line for uh, – uh, uh, hey, a coaching job soon. So, yeah, we got to make change. All right, my friend. Have a great day. Appreciate you. Okay, Space. Thank you. I don't want a coordinator who's never been a head coach. This is the free, as you like to say, it's a big boy market. Yep. It, it, it's time. Let's go get a big name. Whatever you think the top shelf is for coaching in the NFL, get that person. That's all. Just keep in mind, though, the whole thing is about the development of Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. That's what it all comes down to. We had a caller earlier that asked whether or not the Bears have enough personnel to win. Is it Matt Nagy's fault? Well, yeah, it is. On both sides of the football, too. Just one other thing. Yeah. Okay. Like, what has been the problem with this team the last five, six, seven years? What has been the problem? Our offensive line. That has been the problem. Not our defensive backs, not our linebackers, not our defensive line, not our wideouts, not our tight ends, not our running backs. Okay? It's been our offensive line that's been the problem year after year after year. And if we had an offensive line, we might have been in the playoffs more and we might have won a world championship if we had an offensive line. If you had a general manager that knew what the hell he was doing and how you build a team through the draft. Am I not correct, Dan? There's no question about it. I, you build the team through the draft. You have this to. This guy gives all the draft picks away. And then wait, 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 wait. When you and when you go sign Allen Robinson, you sign yeah, uh, the uh, Robert Quinn. Hey, you're spending a boatload. You gotta draft these players and have them become core individuals on the football team. Their second, third, fourth year when you're paying them virtually nothing. You can't keep going to the free agent market and breaking the bank. You guys just elevated. build the team through the draft. Before you do that, you got to get rid of Pace. You're going to trust Pace after seven, eight years. You're going to trust this guy to go somewhere in the United States of America to hire again another coach. They're not. I wouldn't trust them to flip an egg. It, it's got to be a package deal. They they talked about collaboration all last look, offseason. Look, look, look. That, oh, that, that, that rule is a is that's uh, so laughable. It, it's collaboration. A... Fire Matt Nagy. Chants are like everywhere. Hawks game, Bulls game, 
obviously Bears game, high school football game where his kid's playing, and he's sitting there as a fan of his child. Now the Illinois game. I made a small list, and you nailed a number of them. Bulls heat. I heard it on Saturday. I heard it on Wednesday, this past Wednesday before Thanksgiving at the All Elite Wrestling Show. Oh, that's right. Went I trust. forgot that one. I was at AEW, and they were chanting that during the matches. Like, wait, there's a match going on. You're talking about Fire Nagy. And then last night, after the Bulls took care of the Hornets, I'm watching the Illini game, and I'm, all of a sudden I hear in the, in the distance Fire Nagy chants in Champaign. It's traveling all over the, la- the land of Lincoln, Cap, everywhere. They're chanting Fire Nagy. And I'll tell you something, Cap. I know that that you like Matt personally because he's a good guy. He is a great guy. But it just shows you how the fans feel about what's going on with the Bears. What a dumpster fire the Bears are when you're getting chance in all these different venues, hockey, pro wrestling, college basketball, the NBA, and all these different venues, they all have one voice, and that is to get rid of Matt Nagy. That says a lot for the power of the people. One more. I also wonder what the actual effect is on how the fire Neggy chant has sort of become a meme and whether or not people feel strongly about Matt Neggy. It seems like in crowds, people who are even vaguely Chicago sports fans just think that's a thing that you chant right now. I compared it earlier in the show to like save Ferris, that it's something that that just is said. Does that matter we, we get back to what happened with the Bulls on national TV with the, the All-Star Game weekend and everybody watching and the fire Garpax chant and people putting up signs and all that. I, I, is this ownership, are the decision makers so cloistered in an ivory tower? Even though they, he talks about wandering through the South lot and going through all the tailgaters and all that. They can hear it if they want to. I, I don't know if they want to. Do you think they care? I, it, it's hard, Dan, because I, I do think that they – sometimes take public perception uh, in a way that they don't like to let us in on. Like they, I think they do care about that stuff. On the flip side, whenever I think that, I remind myself that this is a team that if they really care about public perception, why do they always trot out the most hated member of the franchise every year at the end of your press conference? So like if they really, so maybe they care, but they don't, just don't get it. <laughs> that is so so true. They don't get it. <laughs> let's do the end of the year press conference and let's get out there. George McCaskey and Ted Phillips and Ryan Pace, the three most hated people in Chicago. <laughs> do people really hate George, though? I, I, I think they hate uh, uh, Sweaty Teddy, as they call him. And yeah. I think they hate Pace at this point. But I think everyone, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it seems like we all kind of think George really loves the Bears, though. And Oh, yeah. So I, I have no thought. animosity toward him. Like, you know, I, I want him to make the right decision, but I don't think – I have no vitriol for him. No, and neither do I, and I don't have any for Matt Nagy. I just want him to get the fuck out of town. Um, but the the thing with, with McCaskey is I think a lot of fans are feeling like I do is that we, we're starting to feel betrayed. We're starting to feel that uh, there is an ineptitude about what this organization does – that you just can't deny anymore. I mean, I've had friends who I got a good buddy named John Roach. This guy's a screenwriter. He's written some movies and stuff, and he's a huge, huge Packers fan. 
And 20 years ago, he told me, you know what, Aldo, you guys are never going to win because it's it, it, it's an organizational issue. It starts at the very top. And I'm like, fuck you. They, they, they have nothing to do with football decisions and so forth. He goes, you don't get it. It just permeates. It just seeps from the top down all the way down. And it's true. Like, like that, uh, Don Pompey wrote a really good article about the need for the Chicago Bears to get an executive of football operations, somebody that the general manager would report to. But then, as somebody pointed out on the uh, uh, John Buffon and Tyler Ellis debate show earlier today, but then you're stuck with who's going to hire this executive of football operations? It's still going to be Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. They have not, they don't have a track record of finding good football minds. And then they rely on people like Ernie Arcosi. They rely uh, on uh, the Steelers, the, the, their competitors for advice. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I mean, Dan, I, I am absolutely 100% positive that if they entrusted you and me, to find the next general manager of the team that we could do a much, much better job than two very successful people named Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. I know we could. I won't, I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and now, now we're starting to sound like a different show. <laughs> but, uh, Shame on you. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I'm not qualified either. And maybe it's proven to be that they aren't as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that's disappointing. Uh, if we could circle back just a moment to the audio. Sure, please. Uh, yeah, I got notes on that stuff too. Go ahead. It, it feels like even though they won, the story is still naggy. And that's yeah. uh, not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Even if they did start to win a few games. I, I, I don't know if it's disingenuous the way uh, who was that? Dan Bernstein that was suggesting that like he was comparing it to Ferris Bueller's day off. Yes. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that. I feel like most people that are saying it are saying it because they're fed up mm -hmm. and it's because they've watched all these games. It's not just because it's a social movement. Correct. I totally agree with you. It is because now there are just doubts. I, th I, I think you did a brilliant job of, the Alex Brown soundbite was absolutely a hundred percent correct. And then you follow that up with, with sound that kind of supported what he was saying. But Alex says that in his rookie year, you know, he came up with all these gadget plays and everybody was excited about the trickery and that's how he was surprising the league. But then everybody kind of found out there was no more surprises in, in the following year, 2019, everything that, Matt Nagy ran was 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 uh, scouted on over the offseason and that uh, Bears offense became so predictable and he was never able to change. He had personnel that could run the I formation and be a running offense, but he wouldn't do that because of his ego. And I think that fans see that. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, you can't fool fans, you can't fool the you can't fool the voter, you can't fool the customer and so forth. And a lot of times that is right. You know, you may not be able to always articulate what is going wrong here, but but you can see, yeah, this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't know what he's doing and he's too stubborn to realize it. And 
you know, I, I spend a lot of time listening to these press conferences and I'm tired of the cliches. I'm tired of the obfuscation. I'm tired of, of the bullshit lying. You know, I'm just tired of it. And, I, and again, I think fans feel that they sense that i don't think any you know there there may be mob mentality when people are cheering fire nagy fire nagy people just just uh uh join in on that like kevin fishbane was was uh, sharing a story uh, uh on on the on, on the score sports radio that he was a part of the maccabi games in boston years ago and he he didn't know anything about the rivalry between the the Red Sox and the Yankees, but he was in Boston and people started chanting, you know, uh, fuck the Yankees or, or the Yankees or something. Uh, and he started chanting along despite the fact he had no idea about the rivalry or anything like that. So that happens. Sure. That happens. But for the most part, the core, uh, football people, fans of football in Chicago, they know, they know that there's something going wrong here, but a lot of people, you know, are, 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 overlooking Ryan Pace's uh, buffoonery, Ryan Pace's bad choices. They're, they're excusing Ryan Pace's uh, poor roster management, and that is something that I will not let people do. People point to a couple of draft picks here and there, Roquan Smith and so forth. Guess what? Fucking Roquan Smith was, was anybody could have picked him. When you get when you have the eighth pick of the NFL draft, you better fucking get a game changing player. It's the Kevin Whites, it's the Mitchell Trubisky's, it's those other picks that he had early on, and then giving up on Leonard Floyd. These these things are inexcusable, fucking inexcusable. It's time that people realize that Ryan Pace is just as bad as Matt Nagy. I agree with that. Uh... Uh, he's probably got to go too, but we all think that he's more than likely going to help out with the stadium and, and stay with the organization, which in hindsight, fuck it, man. I'm okay with that. If he relinquishes his general manager role and I, I don't know, but I, I also wanted to point out in, in that audio mm -hmm. that Lawrence Holmes has been on fire. Yes, he like, has. I cut out him talking there with Alex Brown and with uh, Chris Emma, because I didn't want to have like 12 minutes of Lawrence Holmes. I'm trying to make it equidistant, you know, mm -hmm. with uh, different shows. Yeah. But and I thought he did a tremendous job breaking down like, oh, well, Nagy said it was it's his, it's not his system. It's Mitch's fault. Oh, uh, but no, it's Foles' fault. And Foles tells you it's the line. Actually, I heard you smirk when he said that, and I was like, ah, I agree with you because mm -hmm. yeah, I think you were agreeing with with the 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 line that he said. No pun intended with offensive line. But I, at the time, I heard you go like uh, a little laugh when he said it. So uh, I thought wasn't that you or was that too? Which I thought was you. That was that um, was me. Yeah. 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 So and then he you, you go on to Andy Dalton and Mitch. I mean, it's it's always somebody else's fault. I thought. That was just so dead on that he's always deflecting to somebody else. And I think that's his biggest downfall, his inability to say it really is on me. And he would say, I think, if he were here, well, what about the times I said, uh, uh, you know, Bill Lazor could call the place? That's because he knew that there was an outcry. Right. He's trying to satiate everyone else from being against him at that time placating them that's it's like he had to do those things mm -hmm. it's not like he wanted to do them i, I he's he's so done like I, I hope what 
Yorkovich was saying could actually manifest for us. I really would love to see that. Uh, but I don't think it will. Like, I mean, do you have any faith, even if they would upset Arizona? You know, shit happens. Sure. You know, the Bears could play well and suddenly upset Air. I, I know Arizona's having a good year, but am I convinced that they're going to the Super Bowl? No. Because, I mean, look, look where they were last year. We made the playoffs because Arizona shit the bed the last few weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So they're very capable of upsetting Arizona, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Sure. But do you have any faith whatsoever, even if they win, that they're going to win in Lambeau? No. I have none. None. None whatsoever. I mean, I would love to see it. Oh, yeah. But they never win. I'm going to be rooting for it. Yeah. But, right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I I'm a fairly smart guy. I mean, I still haven't lost all my senses due to drinks, drinking and alcohol or drugs and stuff. So I I can see that this team, I mean, how are you going to win? In my opinion, how are you going to win any of the games against top opponents, teams that are 500 or better the rest of these last six games? How are you going to win without Khalil Mack? How are you going to win with only one decent starting cornerback? How are you going to win with a safety combination that is afraid to tackle on 60, 75% of the plays? How are you going to win when you have an offensive a system that everybody in the league knows what is going to happen, that it's totally predictable. How are you going to win with A-Rob playing on one leg if he plays at all? How are you going to win with those other uh, uh, backup wide receivers who are uh, who are just journeymen in this league? How are you going to win with all of the things that are wrong just with the roster? And then when you get to the coaching part of it, the head coach – Uh, to me, I just, I just can't see, I can't, I wish, I hope that they win out and I hope that they get into the playoffs, but it's not going to sway me. It's not going to sway me that they have to blow the whole thing up. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, they, they do. Now, if they, if, okay, I'm talking out of my ass here, but no, 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 I like it. Yeah. Keep going. Give me your passion. (laughs) If they go ahead and, and win games in the playoffs, then maybe. Maybe I'll consider. I want to see the quality of the victories. I don't want to see victories like the one against the Detroit Lions. No offense, Don Burr, but those were two gifts. Dan and I sat shoulder to shoulder, and we knew. We knew that the fucking Lions screwed up in the red zone multiple times. They should have had touchdowns instead of field goals or turning the ball over and losing points. Going for it on fourth down instead of kicking multiple times. <laughs> oh, my God. And then and then uh, on Thanksgiving, calling timeouts back to back. And then, you know, going over to the referee, well, why are you calling a penalty? And then after the game, Dan Campbell is like saying, yeah, we did it on purpose. Yeah, you fucking liar. Because th- that organization – is just awful. The Bears should have two wins. That that win against the Cincinnati Bengals, I thought, was a good, solid win. But everything else that they've won, the, those the other three games, I think those easily could have been losses to to the Raiders and the two Lions. I can't imagine. I can't phantom that they are going to have a chance against the Cardinals. I don't know what the spread is, but I'm going to throw a fucking hundred dollar bill on the Cardinals to cover if it's 10, 14 points because. I can see with my own eyes that this team is fucking awful. I could see them beating Arizona before Green Bay. 
you know, but maybe hopefully I'm wrong on that because if you ask me which one I'd re- I'd prefer Green Bay, of course, A, it's a divisional game, so it's more important, and it's our fucking hated nemesis. So to me, even if you if you said you had to lose Arizona just to beat Green Bay, I would say, okay, let's do it. Uh, but obviously Sunday I want to win when we're watching it. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. Like I said, to me, Arizona hasn't proven anything yet. I could see them faltering and losing a winnable game. I mean, we're not talking about a team with a, a track record such as Aaron Rodgers where they just beat us relentlessly over and over and over. But if you're going to go in recent history, uh, the last you know decade plus, we always lose to the Cardinals at home and beat them in Arizona. Mm-hmm. In recent, the last like four, five, six times, whatever, uh, the last time we beat them at home Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, that is Maybe a good question. Cordell Stewart started in 2003 with uh, Dr. Phil uh, Atoshan's favorite, Brock. What was the little white running back's name? Oh, Brock, so the Brock uh, something. Oh, uh, Brock, Brock, Brock. He, I think he wore 22 as well, which was Phil's number. Yeah. Uh, Brock Forsey. That was Brock Forsey. Forsey. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, Brock Forsey and Cordell Stewart beat the Cardinals. <laughs> And I think I, I'm just pulling this on my ass. I think the Cardinals were uh, represented that day by Jeff Blake mm-hmm. at quarterback, but I could be wrong on that. But that's the last time we beat them at home, I think. Cause see, that was 03. 06 was the Denny Green game we won in Arizona. Mm-hmm. 09, they kicked our ass and uh, with Kurt Warner at, in, uh, at Soldier Field. Uh, 12, Cutler beat them in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 15, we lost here again at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. 18, we went there and beat them with Mitch. Sloppy game. But oh, they won. Awful, ugly, ugly, ugly. Yes. But they got it done. They did. So, yeah, over the last, almost the last 20 years, mm-hmm. the Bears lose here and then win there. Mm-hmm. So it's our turn to lose here. But again, we can reference Cordell Stewart, the last Bears quarterback to beat Arizona in Chicago. How yep. about that? So, like Laz says, the Bears have no defense against a 9-2 and Arizona team, especially without Roquan and the other defensive starters. So, yeah, how are you going to win without Roquan and Khalil Mack? You're two is, is Roquan definitely out? Uh, no, he's not. But based on what Nagy said in the press conference, it didn't sound good. He's he he, you know, it was he made it seem like it's going to be a week or two. You know, talking about hamstrings can take a while and so forth. And so maybe he's he's just making it difficult for the Cardinals to prepare. But I don't think so. I mean, heck, even if he plays, you know, he probably won't be a hundred percent. Hamstrings are fucking tricky things. I hate the fact that he got injured, man. I really fucking do because this is one of the few good things we've got on this team. And uh, I, I really wanted him to finish the season and get the respect that he deserves from the NFL as one of the top players in the league. You know, the fact I, I mentioned this on the, the bear debate show prior to this one, the fact that he was not recognized by his peers when they picked the top 100 players in the NFL, that's bullshit, man. I don't understand why. I, I Actually, I do understand it. You know what happens a lot with these fucking voting things? A player receives a ballot, and they just give it to their girlfriend or their cousin or their nephew or their little brother or their sister, and they fill it out, which is why you get all these, these weird uh, rankings uh, on stuff. I used to when I worked in broadcast TV, I was one year uh, I was asked to volunteer for uh, the judging of Emmy awards. And I saw that whole fucking process, you know, 
It was the the people who were judging who was going to win an Emmy award were fucking interns, production assistants, people who they could who the the four person could get to stay work, stay late after work to watch three four hours of fucking videotapes. It's it's all bullshit, but. Roquan is 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 definitely deserving, but I don't think he'll play. Let me see what I got in terms of sound bites from today's press conference. With, uh, <laughs> with I gotta I gotta, I, I gotta go back to uh, 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 Bo Jackson. Uh, he was talking about uh, playing for Nagy, you know, and all of the the uh, bullshit that Nagy's had to endure. Listen to Eddie Jackson here. Coach Nagy had our back since the first day he walked in here, so I feel like we owe it to him. And I feel like a lot of players feel the same way, that we owe it to him. And we owe it to Chicago to go out, go out here and play our best ball. And like I said, it's, it's tough, you know what I mean? It, even though nobody's going to show it, but I'm pretty sure like that's like we come to your job and boo you every day or whatever the case may be. You're going to feel some type of weight, just like the fans. Like, we come to y'all job and boo y'all at what y'all doing, how y'all going to feel about it, you know what I mean? So... For him, he's still human, and we still human. Nobody likes it, so we just continue to fight. You know, like I said, just block out the noise, continue to do what we do. I appreciate what he is saying there, but how does he expect Chicago Bears fans to express their frustration if it's not booing? Do you do you want us to come with weapons to Alice Hall or something? I mean, that's it, it's the traditional way. He didn't experience that at Alabama because Alabama gets to fucking pay for the greatest football players in college football. But he, I, I mean, I, I just don't get it. He's got to accept the fact that fans are going to boo. They pay their tickets. They they're going to express it. I, there's no else. I mean, Dan, when you're pissed off at the Bears, what do you do? If I'm at the game, I'm not booing, but that's just me. What? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I would bitch to you or to whomever I'm with. Like, can you believe this fucking shit? You know, but I'm not going to stand up and boo, but that's just me. Oh. That, I'm not opposed to anybody else who's doing that. That's just not how I express myself, but I verbalize it to whom I'm with. That's just yeah, me. Yeah, I that noticed doesn't, that. Doesn't make me good. Doesn't make me, uh, you all villains. I'm just saying that's not the way I express it, but I get it. And and frankly, it's warranted. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like I paid for a fucking ticket. You're not playing well. I'm not going to sit here on my hands. I'm not just going to stay silent. I'm not going to whisper something to the person that I'm with at the game. I'm going to boo. You fucking suck, you know, and don't take it personally, Eddie Jackson, Matt Nagy. You know, you're being paid millions of dollars and that's part of the job. Um, <laughs> I agree with you. I just said that's just not what no, I, I, would do I get you. I, I, and I used to be like you. I used to have the attitude of your team is like your spouse. It's like your yeah, child. Exactly. Would you would you boo your wife? Would you boo no. your kids if they did something bad? And then after a while, I'm like, well, but, but how how are they going to know that I, I'm pissed off? How are they going to, I can't correct them like I do with my, with my child. I can't sit down and have a talk like with my wife. I gotta, I gotta express it somehow. So fuck you, Matt Nagy. <laughs> Fire. The only, the only thing I could do, and this has happened. This has happened. Not that my little purchase would have mattered, but two different times. Like once I started, they finally got the white jersey, the the real white one, not the fucking thirty six throwback one. Mm -hmm. The real traditional white road jersey. They finally mm -hmm. got it back in stock, and I was, it was in my cart. 
and I almost bought the Fields white one that I've been wanting, but I didn't get it. I was like, fuck it, man. They've lost four in a row. Fuck them. I'm not, I'm not buying this jersey. Yeah. And then, then it was five in a row. And then they had a sale, a, a, a hooded sweatshirt that I liked that was marked down to like $35 before shipping because of this big uh, Cyber Monday thing. Yeah, right. You know, the sale. And I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not giving them $35 or 50 after the fucking shipping and handling or whatever. I'm not giving them my money. They don't deserve it. So that's how I guess I talk is with my little purchases. They could have had $200 of mine with the Jersey and that, that uh, hoodie. And they don't have it. That's, that's all I can do. Heidi says, Cause if I were a season ticket holder, there's no way I wouldn't go to the games. I heard a guy on air with cap in them. Right. He was a PSL guy. Mm -hmm. He said he had to pay 20 grand for like the, I guess he's got three seats or whatever to be a PSL owner and, and you have to pay it in one installment. So you're going to tell me that this guy should just say, fuck it. I'm not going to the game man. he's dropping 20. God, fuck damn. That. that's a fucking car payment. You oh, know? Shit. Like, that, that's a car. <laughs> yeah, that's a used car. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's you could buy a car for what he's paying. Right. Heidi says that she's just like you, that she would not boo. She'd bitch and curse, but not boo. <laughs> I, I and, and that's cool. I'm not saying that you're wrong for doing that, but I know just like when uh, you go to a game and you want to hear the fans chant defense, defense, and you want to be quiet to help out the offense and let you're trying to help the team win. Well, right now we can't do anything to help the team win other than boo. Other than not show up, because that's the only way the Chicago Bears management is going to listen to our discontent. If they know that Dan Aguirre, who usually spends hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars in paraphernalia every year, is not purchasing anything right now, you know what? The, they're going to go, well, it, it, Dan is a good barometer. Dan, Dan, you know, that means other people are not going to buy our shit. And, and they make a lot of fucking money off of that. And they make money from the beer at the stadium. And they make money from the uh, purchases at the stadium and all that shit. So we, we have to do something. I, I truly believe when we were working so diligently here at the bar room on our a Firefox campaign, I'm not saying that they fired John Fox because of that. But I believe that because we joined the throng of fans who were uh, leading those chants, I do believe that it. it sealed the deal with uh, them uh, moving on from John Fox. And I think we as fans have to voice our opinion. So that way there is no doubt, no doubt that at the end of the season, there are going to be some dramatic changes with this organization. And hopefully it's not just with Matt Nagy. It is with the general manager and maybe even higher up. That would be great. I agree. I mean, the, I, I think if they lose a few more games, you remember at the end of Fox's run, they had a game on Christmas Eve when Kirk Cousins came in with Washington and just ate us up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the big story was he was coming home back to Illinois and there was the stadium was probably a third empty. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of that was dictated by the holiday, I think, and the fact that they were so horrible that year. Mm -hmm. But if they continue, you know, basically, well, we can beat Detroit, but nobody else you know, they're probably going to lose, you know, three or four more games before the end of the year. So let's say when the Giants come in mm -hmm. week 17, how many people are going to be at that game? I think it could be the same scenario because it's going to be cold as shit probably. And then you got two teams that are more than likely moving on from their coaches and that are just dreadful. And so I think that that's 
when you like everything you just said, the beer prices, the parking, all that stuff, you know, and you have a half empty stadium. I, I think that they're going to be like, man, this guy's got to go. I think that's what the McCaskies look at bottom line, other than the winning. Of the, I think the old lady, and I say that with the utmost respect mm -hmm. because I, I, I like Virginia and like, I hope that she sees another title Me too. before she dies. Me too. But I think that she's a big fan. I think the ones underneath, I could see the bears underneath her selling the team after she dies, mm -hmm. but I don't think she she'll allow it, but I think she's motivated by wins, but the rest of them are probably motivated by the dollar. So if they start seeing like the half empty stadium, third empty, especially when you only have 60,000 anyway, that motivates them to make a change. Yeah. In my opinion, Jimmy K uh, just uh, had up here that he flies in from Philadelphia for almost every bears game. And so the flight, the tickets, the game tickets, hotel food cost him over a thousand dollars a game. So fuck it. He's going to boo as much as he wants. And good for you, Jimmy K. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Well, let me ask him a question then. You say his name's Jimmy? Jimmy, yes. So did Jimmy, did you come to Chicago for the, the playoff game when Philly and the, the doink? And... Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine a poor guy and then having to fly back? To, to Philly with a bunch of Eagles fans, <laughs> Jimmy, uh, go ahead and respond to that question. We'll read it out loud because uh, Dan is unable to see the chats. But, yeah, were you here? That would be outstanding uh, to know. That, that I went to a uh, Bears-Eagles game in uh, 2017. That was the – yeah, that was the year Trey Burton scored a touchdown – uh, red zone touchdown on the Bears, and I think it convinced the Chicago Bears that Trey Burton was had that a Monday night game. Yes, it was a Monday night game. Oh, that's the game where Cutler got picked, and yeah, uh, yeah, the fucking the asshole uh, McPhee was talking shit from his dress clothes. That's right. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I watched that on TV. What a disaster that was! Oh my gosh! And what was even worse were the Eagles fans that were there. There were all these fucking alpha males and just. Like, like begging to get into a fight with anyone that would tell them to shut the fuck up and so forth. And I was there with just me and my little nephew and stuff who's four foot tall. And I'm thinking, I better not get into a fight because my nephew's not going to back me up here. So I had to listen to all this bullshit all around me. I hated it, man. And the Bears looked awful. Uh, Jimmy K has not responded. I think he's flying back to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> he's fed up with the Bears, even our conversation now. That's right. Uh, Matt Nagy addressed the media yesterday. And so obviously the topic of uh, playoffs <laughs> came up uh, because they're only one game behind in the playoffs. And so this is what he said. The big thing for us was to make sure that we snapped that losing streak. And, and when you snap that losing streak now – you come back in, you reset, and now you got to start back to 1-0. Now, you get to start with one of the best teams in the NFL coming off a bye week. That's a, that's a heck of a challenge. But when you break that losing streak, the mentality, it just helps you. That's just natural. You feel, you feel better about it, so no matter how it comes. And, and so um, to see that, that you're one game out with all those teams that are in that mix for that, that last spot, um, you know, I, I don't care who you are. If you're a competitor, you care about that that to your players or talk about it at all? I, I, I have not. I have not. I think for us, um, none of that really matters. And, and again, this isn't coach talk, but literally we, we need to let's let's win this game and then let's get on a two game winning streak. You know what I mean? Let's let's have one a little streak here. And if we you know, you go out and you play a great game and you beat a great team like the Cardinals, what that can do for your confidence. 
you know, and your belief. And then all that other stuff handles itself because there are a lot of teams in that mix, and there's a lot of things that we can't control. What we can control is winning on Sunday. Does it make you look at the end of the Ravens game and the end of the Steelers game and be like, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, wonder how things would be different if those Yeah, that, and that's, that's uh, again, for every team in the league. You know, all these teams are – you look at it and you say, man, if we – if, if, if. Well, the ifs don't matter. You know, we got to we, – we didn't win those. Uh, we lost them, and so no matter how we lose them, no, ma- no matter how we win, our record right now is four and seven, and uh, the goal is to be five and seven. Dan, when you listen, when you hear Matt Nagy talk, describe your feelings. What, what's going on in your mind and your feelings? With that soundbite, I have to be fair to him. I think he was saying, I don't think he was saying anything that. I mean, what else could he say there? Yeah, yeah, we've lost some games, but we should just stop everything and and now now we can't do it. So even if that were Ditka, is what I'm saying. Like it, he's got to say that hey, we got to we we had to win one game. Now we're going for two. Now we're going for three. Whatever we got to take it one game at a time to get back into this thing. And we got to be fair to him. What 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 would we want him to say? Well, what what did Ditka say after the Washington loss? Oh God! We may never win another game again here. <laughs> Fuck it, we're terrible. Yeah, okay. I, mean, I, I loved it, dude. There you go. That's why I didn't want him fired. I didn't want him to go ever. He was fucking honest. I'll tell you that. Unlike this yeah, guy, man. I love Wani too, but yeah, Mike Ditka was just. I mean, there's a reason he's an icon here, and, and we can cite all the reasons. Maybe he's part of the the main reason that they didn't go back to back or whatever. But still, man, like you, he did give you honesty. I, but I'm just saying, what what would we want Nagy to say there, truthfully? What could he say? Well, maybe he could say this. Uh, listen, I'm aware that we're only a game behind in the playoffs, but so are like 10 other teams. So I'm not even con- considering that. I'm not even going to go there. What I want to tell my players is they need to play for themselves and each other. We won one game. Now we need to go out and win another game and only be focused on that. And to play, to put good stuff on tape for yourself and your future and play to have fun, to go out there and to to win a game and have fun because you you create great friendships when you're winning. When you're fucking losing, you're not going to like one another. So talk about that and about the, the personal stuff. But like tons of people in the chat room are saying this guy just loves to hear himself talk. This guy just talks in circles. This guy talks for a long time but doesn't say anything and all that is true and i've tried to give matt nagy the benefit of the doubt but but it's it to me right now he's like fuck man i can't think of anyone else right now that repulses me more than matt nagy and <laughs> ryan pace the guy fucking my ex-wife <laughs> the guy fucking my ex-wife is a better friend to me than <laughs> <laughs> there, there he is um, <laughs> I, yeah, don't know, but, man. <laughs> no, I, I think in that individual soundbite, I think he was, I agree with the assessment of everything you just said mm-hmm. about coach Nagy. And yes, he does love to hear himself talk and he loves to just beat around the bush and all that shit. But I, I do think in that one scenario, he was just saying like what any coach would say at that time, but maybe not Ditka. You're right. Maybe Ditka would say, do the gym more and be like playoffs. Are you fucking kidding me? We're five and seven. Exactly. We're five and seven playoffs. We're just trying to win a game. Yes, exactly. Bear he truth. did say that in 89. We're just trying to win a fucking game. He did say that. Indeed. Bear <laughs> truth nine says, what about, uh, how about he says, uh, we, we, 
How about we have to win bottom line? I suck. My coaches suck. Players, good luck. Enjoy your day. <laughs> so, yeah, keep it simple. And, I, yeah, it is, you know, somebody today, uh, I saw this a couple of places uh, today on social media and in the Bears chat for our earlier show where people were saying Matt Nagy would make a great college coach. Because it, in college, it's all about rah-rah, and it's less about scheme. And with his, his offense, you know, that, that, that is something that's pretty simple. He could probably win. I wish he would get a job like at, you know, Notre Dame. You know, I like Notre Dame, so I, 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 but I don't like him that much that, that I'd be pissed off if he got the job over there. I just think he's better suited to coach young guys who will respond more to the rah-rah stuff uh, because clearly he does not have the mental capacity to scheme and to, and, and to be a head coach in the NFL. And, and I was thinking about this today, uh, Dan, let me know your thoughts on this. This whole Andy Reid coaching tree thing, fuck that, man. That doesn't fucking mean shit. Matt Nagy was over there. He coached quarterbacks. He lent his opinion in, in meetings. He called six games. And, and in the playoffs, he fucking ruined the Kansas City Chiefs' chances and Alex Smith's chances to win a, a, a Super Bowl because he would not fucking call run plays. <laughs> sound familiar and so right. he, he he you know so th th it's not like ryan pace you know saw matt nagy and said wow this guy's got a great portfolio of stuff he's been calling plays for years he's had great success calling plays he's had great success mentoring quarterbacks i mean who who the fuck did he mentor alex smith was already alex smith before Nagy was around there. He had nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes' development. Patrick Mahomes... Yeah, the only thing we could say, and this is just a fucking pulling this out of my ass, Nick Foles was beaten down and you know, ready to retire yeah, that's when true. he was in Kansas City, and allegedly the Chiefs like motivated him to want to play again. Maybe Nagy was a part of that. Obviously, we know what he went on when he went back to Philly and had the Super Bowl run. So someone in Kansas City deserve some credit for motivating Foles you mean, out of his you depression. Mean, but that could have been Reed, though. I mean, it doesn't mean it was Nagy. You mean Alex Smith, not Foles. No, Nick Foles. Like, Nick Foles was uh, you there said Kansas as their City. third stringer. You said Kansas City. Yeah, he was in Kansas City as a third stringer after the Rams. I don't know if he ever made it on the field. But Nick Foles went, was in Philly and St. Louis, Kansas City, and I think, I, I think he got cut and he went back to Philly. But part of his growth, he was ready to retire. I didn't know Foles, that. Yeah, Foles said this when he came to Chicago. He was ready to retire and got motivated again when he was in Kansas City. And maybe Nagy is a part of that. Maybe it's all Andy Reid. Yeah. But his experiences with the Rams were so bad with Jeff Fisher that he was going to quit. Mm. And he went to Kansas City. He was a third stringer. I don't, like I said, I don't think he ever officially took the field. Mm -hmm. But that motivated him, and he went back to Philly, and you know what he did. Yep. I agree with the factor. It says Andy Reid gives the title of offensive coordinator to his co coaches to help them get hired. He did it with Matt Nagy, and he's doing it again with Eric Bieniemy. I do agree with that. I think Andy Reid is, you know, a great guy. He wants to support his, uh, his, his assistant coaches. He wants them to get jobs. And I think he kind of likes – the the turnaround he likes bringing bringing in new coaches because he he you know he, he it's his system 
And so he teaches his coaches how to run his system. And they have some input, of course, but you know, this it's really all about Andy Reid. And so his his way of repaying these guys is to give them fancy titles, let them call a few games and stuff. I, you know, but I, I don't see Andy Reid being a coaching genius, you know. And for, and for that matter, uh, the, probably the greatest NFL head coach of all time, arguably, uh, the guy from uh, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, his fucking coaching tree sucks too, right? I mean, yeah. who, who the hell has come out of there and, and won titles or even division championships? I, I can't I think, think the, of any. the most successful he's had has been Vrabel with the Titans. Oh, and, yes, you're right. And Vrabel hasn't been there that long to overall be a success, but in his short tenure thus far, he has been successful. And, and Vrabel was a coach with the Patriots too. He just didn't play over there, right? I, I, I honestly, I know he played. I don't know if he coached there or not. Yeah, I'm not certain. I don't know either. Now, uh, GCA in the chat room is saying Josh McDaniels, but Josh McDaniels had one shot at, at coaching and, and he, he got was fired. sucked in Denver. He sucked. <laughs> That's right. And Matt Patricia was a disaster with the Lions. Ask Don Burr, <laughs> according to the factor. Uh, Jimmy K is, is uh, uh, back and he, he said that he did attend that game uh, with uh, with the Eagles uh, and Bears. Uh, so he's uh, the only the only Bears playoff game with the Eagles that we want to be at's the Fog Bowl. Even if you couldn't see it, because we lost to them in 0-1. Mm -hmm. If you remember the last game ever at the Old Soldier Field, oh yeah, when McNabb sodomized us on the field, it's like why not put a spy on him? What if Erlacher's young and can run like a fucking deer? Why not have him spy on McNabb all day? But whatever. <laughs> Um, that game and then the double doink game. It's just, oh, man. Oh, man. there was a time when Philly couldn't win in Chicago. Remember that? They said the Eagles can ne have never won a game in Chicago. Yep. And now they win every time they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I, I, am feeling, and I, and I, I've been talking about this the last two, three years. Like I, I was never a fan of Mitchell Trubisky. I, I, I thought he was a second round draft pick at best. When, when he came out and, but I knew that if he didn't work out for the Chicago bears, that we were fucked, that we would have to start over. And I'm glad that we got Justin Fields uh, and that might be a correction, but it still sets us back because we're getting rid of draft assets. You know, if, if Trubisky would have been the guy, then we could have used that first round draft pick this year to, to supplement what's going on. We've got an aging defense. We, we, there's so many fucking questions on this, uh, on this team. So you, you have to bring in leadership that is adept, that is confident, that is capable of taking a sinking ship and fucking patching it up and getting it to fucking uh, float and not only float, but to win fucking games because that's where we're at. And I think this is going to be a two to five year process for the next general manager coming in. I mean, what are we talking about here? Khalil Mack? What's he got left? You've, you've been preaching for the last two years that he, he was underperforming for a superstar. You think he's going to come back? he just sold his house. <laughs> That's right. He sent me that. He sold his mansion in Glencoe, I believe. Uh, he still has a condo in downtown Chicago, but that that is a little weird when you sell your house and uh, you've been injured. He's probably got a lot of time on his hands. That's why he's he's playing real estate agent or something. Hey, can I interrupt you just one Please. second? And I just uh, reading a story on the phone, and I'm trying to clarify 
if this is like Otis Anderson that was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Football fans woke up to tragic news this morning when they learned that Otis Anderson was shot and killed by his father and his mother, Denise. Oh, no, no, no his but killed by his father and his mother, Denise, was also shot. The Jacksonville Sheriff's Office said that the shooting occurred around 9.30 on Monday night. The footballer who fans dubbed Juice was taken to the hospital, but he passed away from his injuries. Mm. The primary suspect in the case is Anderson's father, Otis Lee Anderson Sr. Wait a minute, is that Anderson the MVP? Is he the killer? I don't know. I'm looking at this on Twitter now. It's Otis Anderson Jr. So he's probably the son of the Otis Anderson. Who? So Otis and the Super Bowl 25 MVP shot and killed his, allegedly, shot and killed his own son. Is that what we're saying? Oh, my gosh. I, that is wild. That is wild. They, you know, it, it's it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, Otis Anderson shot and killed, and I was like, whoa, what? And then, but wait, this is from Glenn Beck's fucking website, though, The Blast. Let me go. Isn't it his site, The Blast? I think so. I don't know. I don't, let, let me go see if I can get Glenn. a more credible. <laughs> I don't follow Mr. Glenn. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, uh, Either way, I can think of some people in Chicago. No, I bet I'm saying that. <laughs> That's the blaze, says uh, the two. She's not the blast. The, the blaze is going uh, uh, Otis Jerome Anderson is the dad. Okay, so this is not – oh, that's not the same Otis Anderson. Who played with the Cardinals? Yeah, and the Giants in and Super Giants. Bowl Twenty Five MVP. Right, right, right. So he did not shoot his own son. That's a different O.J. Anderson, thankfully. It's not – the fact yeah. the factor says Denise Anderson told police that the shooting took place after her husband was bitten by Anderson Jr.'s girlfriend's dog, causing all three to get into a verbal altercation. Yeah, you know that's uh, where was the, the the stat that I read is that most murders occur occur between family members. <laughs> Yee, that's why I stay away from family parties, man. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> uh, that is wild. I have, anyway, I thought it was OJ. Or I wouldn't have interrupted uh, the Bears talk. I was no, like, no. wow, Otis Anderson got killed and yeah. then i was like wait he killed somebody but it's not the same Otis Anderson. Yeah. Okay. so listen i want to get your thoughts on uh justin fields so they haven't announced who's going to be the starting quarterback sunday against the cardinals i got a feeling it's going to be andy dalton they're going to be very cautious with what's justin going to be more orange dalton's nasty beard or the jersey <laughs> since we're wearing the orange jersey sometimes oh we are yeah, we're wearing orange on Sunday. Oh, I think that will look cool with uh, that guy's got a great head of hair, man. <laughs> but it's yeah, but his beard is so like he should shave his beard. Yeah, that needs to go. But do you think that if if Fields is cleared to play, and the doctors say there's very little chance of uh, aggravating that those cracked ribs, uh, what do you think? You know, should he go out there against Arizona? Or should no, he... I'm a meatball fan, and and perhaps if he's not healthy, he shouldn't play the rest of the way. But the meatball in me says I want him to go to Lambeau. I want him to experience that in a hypothetical scenario. This could be his only time to go up there to play Rodgers. Even if Rodgers beats him by 21 or whatever, it's part of the learning process to know what this feud is about. Mm-hmm to know what this rivalry means because uh, we're on the wrong side of it. Yep. And we have been since Ditka left. So I would love for him to get that experience and go play Sunday night football at Lambeau field and uh, give the orange beard, uh, the Sunday game against Arizona. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, uh, Nagy was asked, you know, is there any danger of furthering an injury? By the way, Toa Hang uh, has an interesting thought here, so I'm going to interrupt myself. Toa says, uh, what about you reuniting Ryan Pace and Sean Payton? Let's say Sean Payton wants to leave New Orleans and the Bears are going to pay him. He's going to he's going to demand 10 to 12 million dollars a year for five years. Would you be good with that? Sean Payton, former Chicago Bear, one of the spare Bears. That's right. Yes. Gab Bear. He was a uh, yeah. If you're for unions, he crossed the picket line. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's done okay. I mean, they did win the Super Bowl there. Uh, So there's a lot of controversy around that Super Bowl. Yes, there is. A lot of eavesdropping on the other team's uh, headsets, the bounty gate. There's a lot of smoke where there's a bunch of fire, little fires there. Mm-hmm. So if you told me he was a little bit overrated, I would agree with that. But he's probably better than anything we've had. Uh, although Lovey beat him to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Point that out. Uh, fuck. I, I almost wish Harbaugh would have lost to o- Ohio state so we could just bring Jim over, but I know you don't want Harbaugh, but well, I, I uh, actually, I, I actually, uh, softened on that a bit after watching that Michigan Ohio state game. I thought he, um, I felt like sorry for him that he had not beaten Ohio state all. And, and so I, I kind of, I don't have a lot of confidence in him as a head coach for an NFL team. Now, I know he had a lot of success, with the 49ers and going to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I just feel like, I don't know, I, I, I his style of coaching rubs me wrong. But Saturday, watching him win and how happy he was and so forth, I melted a little bit saying, and feeling sorry for Jim Harbaugh. The same way I felt sorry for him when, when Mike Ditka balled him out of the sideline for right, the, the audible. The roller dome. <laughs> the roller dome, that's right. Um Lots of interesting stuff here. Stephen Nagishi says John Schneider of the Seattle Seahawks, the GM over there, he could become available. He thinks uh, Seattle is going to have major changes and him being with Green Bay before, perhaps uh, he could come over here and be the next GM. You got any thoughts on John Schneider? You know much about him? I don't. And at this point, I'm willing to listen to anything. (laughs) You (laughs) You can tell me that. Otis Anderson didn't kill his son and he's going to be our new general manager. And I'm like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. He's got to be better than Ryan Pace. You know? <laughs> I agree. I totally, totally agree. Now, John Schneider, he gets uh, tons of credit for, he signed Matt Flynn to a big fat contract. He was the backup quarterback for the I Packers. remember. And uh, then Russell out, outplayed him and, and got the rookie starting uh, not right the textbook way of how to deal with that bring in a veteran but don't fucking give him the job actually he was announced as the starting quarterback but as soon as they drafted russell wilson as i think on that very night of the draft day two of that draft pete carroll said yeah we changed our mind it's gonna be an open competition now and because they liked Russell Wilson so much and they didn't want to just hand it over to Matt Flynn. And that's what the Chicago bears should have done with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Imagine 
if Justin Fields would have been given 50% of the snaps with the offense with the number one starters, he would have been much, much more better prepared to play in the NFL after Dalton went uh, down with an injury. Or maybe he would have even started the season at quarterback against the Rams. All this talk about, oh, don't throw him up against the Rams and Aaron Donald. Fuck that. He's a man. He's an athlete. He's a quarterback. Go out there and play. And that pissed me off that that Dalton was handed the job without a quarterback competition. Uh, that's just ridiculous. You know, I I got a different. This is veering off to another topic quickly, okay. but you mentioned that uh, someone getting a deal based upon like one game, one performance. Usually, when that happens, that quarterback is not successful. <laughs> Rob Johnson. <laughs> Got oh, yeah. a big contract because of one game. Uh, God, help me out here. There have been a, Scott Mitchell, but Mitchell was okay in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, he had, he had uh, some good. Some 4,000-yard seasons. There you go. Uh, uh, but uh, usually if you get a contract based upon one game, that guy ends up shitting the bed. Yeah. Like Matt Flynn. That's who you were referencing. Mm-hmm. He had one big game in Green Bay, and suddenly he gets a deal. And, you, and usually when you get a deal based upon one game, you're not very good. Mm-hmm. Can you think of one that was really good based upon one game? Nope. 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 I can't. Maybe Jeff Hostetler. Oh. I mean, he won the Super Bowl. Of course, he beat the Bears and the 49ers, but he didn't really have to do much in either game. But he played well in the Super Bowl. He did. And that that kind of led to him getting his Raiders deal a little bit after that. I mean, he was never as good as he was in that little run with the Giants, but mm-hmm. he was still solid, I guess. Mm-hmm. He was a good, he was a good veteran. Yeah. He was. But most of the time, if you're a quarterback who gets a big deal based on one game, you usually aren't very good. I I totally agree on that. I totally agree. And now we're in a situation where, you know, you've got a guy who is showing all the tools to be a top-notch quarterback, but you've got a coach that you can't trust to develop. And it's pretty obvious to me that the Chicago Bears management, they made up their mind about Matt Nagy. I do believe that there may have been some truth, not to that the fact that he was going to be fired, you know, he's going to be told and he's going to coach Detroit and then get fired afterwards. But I do think that they that that there's a this smell in the air that the Bears are going to fire him so that they can get a jump start on looking for coaches. And the only thing that's going to stop them is if they're also going to fire Ryan Pace. I really, really believe in everybody that says, well, they haven't done it in their history. And again, I've said this now for the last month. George Hallis coached this team for 50 years. He wasn't going to fire himself. He wasn't going to do it. And so maybe that started a, a tradition. Um, but I don't think that I, I don't think that the this current uh Bears re- regime is going to follow that. And I also think that. You know, for for Matt Nagy's well-being, don't you think it's a good idea to fire him? I mean, he what he's going through now, and what his son had to go through, and his family, and he probably can't go to the to McDonald's without you know. Uh, it's ironic he's he's advertising for them. Right? <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. I mean, I, I, don't you think just for his sake he should be told? You know, hey, you, you're getting a lot, a nice little severance check here. You're going to be paid all of next season for not coaching. So uh, yeah, I agree with that. It's almost like there's got to be a, a, another comparison with a player that was just so unpopular that it's it's like God, just Jay Cutler. <laughs> well. Jay kind of retired, but then Miami brought him out of retirement. Remember, he was going to go do uh, broadcasting. Yeah, he fucked up. But 
yeah, he should have done that. But I'm maybe Trubisky's a better example. Like, yeah. it, you know, just it was time for him just for his own sake to get away from this coaching staff. That's a better example. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yeah, just like, God, just for his own well-being, get him away from Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And if Mike North is right and uh, DeFalco is wrong, then he's going to get a big deal somewhere next year, and we'll see how that plays. But I, I think Mitch with another coach could be much better than Mitch with Matt Nagy. So I think him leaving is almost a mercy kill. Yeah. Like a million dollar baby. Remember that movie where Eastwood kills uh Hillary Swank? Yeah. I uh, out of mercy. Yeah, that's it's kind of uh what I was like you said, Matt Nagy at this point, it's a mercy firing. Please just mm -hmm. God go somewhere else where you're not hated. Go back to Philly or KC or wherever. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. I totally agree. Hey, Bear Truth Nine says, Would you, would I trade Khalil Mack for a late first round pick if Khalil is healthy and somebody's willing to give up a first round pick? Hell yes. fucking yeah. Uh, I hate to say that because, you know, I think if the Bears are going to be good in the short term, they have to have him back next year and he needs to be playing well. Like he was playing well this year before he got banged up. Yeah. And so you'd like to think if it's not going to be a total like Chicago Cubs rebuild, like where they just start from the ground up again, which led to a title, mind you. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to lose, lose, but you still think you, we can hopefully turn it around quickly, then Khalil needs to be here. But if someone offers us a first round pick, ooh, that'd yeah. be hard to turn it down unless it was like Green Bay or something. I just do not see how they can build a winning team next season, even if Khalil Mack is is healthy and Robert Quinn comes back and has the type of year he's having this year and Roquan Smith. So you got three defensive studs, but that's not enough. That's just not enough. And we got Bruce Irvin now. I think Bruce Irvin could play well uh, coming up when he gets his opportunities. If he, they finally fucking play him. I think there's that a guy reason. Is, that guy has sacked a lot of quarterbacks. But I think there's a reason why he hasn't been playing much because he's no good anymore. <laughs> uh, for the rest of the season, I think he could he could uh, play well for us. I, I maybe I'm wrong. I I want to see young promising players take the field. No, oh, that's the problem. We don't have any. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, Ninety nine has done well. Yeah, there. Uh, Gibson. Yeah, there. There's definitely some young guys that you want to take a look at. And um, John Buffon was saying, yeah, but the Bears won't won't do that. This is a a, a a general manager and a coach who desperately need victories. So why are they going to put? their uh, futures in the hands of uh, promising players that they've drafted when they, they're probably going to lose. Why should they take a look at them for the future? If their future is contingent on them winning games. So they're probably going to throw out the Bruce Irvins and all these old veterans in an attempt to try to win games. Well, give uh, Dick Jerron credit because at the end of his run, when it was, you know, he needed some wins at the last three games of the year. He started Rex. Mm -hmm. He actually won two of those three games too, but he, his, his livelihood was on the line. But when Cordell, uh, Cordell Stewart uh, got picked off at Lambeau, it was one of those situations like, God, if we could beat Arizona and go to, it will be in the same situation we were in 03. It's like, okay, if we win against Green Bay, we're back in it. We're back in it now. We're in a playoff run if we can just beat Green Bay. And then late in the fourth quarter, about to score, Stewart got picked off. 
Mm. And uh, that's when they said, fuck it, man. We're starting the kid Grossman next week because we're done. Uh, I hope it doesn't come down to that this this time. We beat Arizona, then we can just go get our hearts ripped out by the Packers again. <laughs> oh man, what what I wouldn't give to for the Bears to beat the Packers in two weeks. I mean, you remember the O two game? I've re- I think I've referenced this one on air before. The O two game was so weird. Like they had Mister Arrogant Jim Miller at, at the half yard line about to score. Like I don't know if it's first down, second down, whatever. But you're at the half fucking yard line. He fumbles the snap at the half yard line and we don't score. And then one our draft pick from 02, somewhere in the middle rounds that Roosevelt, whatever his fucking not Roosevelt Colvin, uh the, the slowest man I've ever seen. He picked up a fumble and he ran it back like 70, 80 yards, and anybody else, including Ted Washington, would have scored except this guy. <laughs> and he never played again after that. Like, yeah, I, I have attack. to look up their draft picks and go to. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Tell, yeah. If, when you say his name, I'll be like, that's him. He's the slowest sec- member from a secondary that I've ever seen. That should have been a touchdown, and Jim Miller's fumble should have been a touchdown. That's funny. Um, so it was 2002 draft, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me look at uh, Roosevelt. Not, uh, not early on. He was like fourth or fifth round, maybe, Rose- maybe third. Roosevelt Williams, the cornerback. That's him. From the Tuskegee. slowest man in the world. <laughs> like, uh, other than me and Keith Trailer and Ted Washington, we're the. <laughs> this man is slower as, as slow as we are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My God, I mean, like, uh, if you could find that play, I will look for it. Um. People are talking about Tevin Jenkins because it's important to try to take a look at him to see if he's going to be able to play left tackle and so forth. No, so, I say no because you, if you have fields in there, you need to protect them the best you can. Yes, I and agree. Borum's doing okay at right tackle, and Peters has been our best fucking lineman all year. Right. Well, this so, was there's no way at the expense of Justin Fields I'm putting in Jenkins, but if it's Andy. Okay, if you get hurt, pal, we'll put Foles in. <laughs> I know, isn't that what, isn't that mean of us to, to think that way? But it's true. He's getting paid ten million. Fuck it. Well, but the thing is, is that Andy can do a better job of protecting himself than Justin. Now, this is something that I I, I said the opposite uh, uh, early in the season, but but Andy does know how to get rid of the ball more quickly, and he does sense the pass rush. He's able to pick up blitzes. He's seen every type of blitz there is, and 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 feel. Fields is still learning that. So you don't want him learning that with a rookie who has not had a preseason of practice with this team protecting his back. This is Matt Nagy talking about Tevin Jenkins' role if he does come off IR and is uh, eligible to play the rest of the season, which I think the decision was today or tomorrow. But here, here's Nagy. Probably the biggest thing is is with Tevin's situation is is now that you're into the season and where we're at, we just keep an eye on how how our offensive line is doing and how they're going. You know, uh, Jason Peters I think has done a really good job of, in so many different ways uh, at right tackle with with Borum coming in and doing what he's done. He's helped us out with injuries that we had to Fetty and and so um, you know I think for us we always just kind of we we. we be prepared for if this guy gets injured or if we feel like this guy's not playing well, kind of play it out those two ways. But right now we feel good with where we're at. So if anything, it provides major depth for us. And, uh, and then we just, you know, play out the scenarios. So in other words, Tevin Jenkins is only going to play when somebody gets hurt and they need a, they need a filling. I, I, I should have 
That's what I heard. Yeah, I agree with you. I should have put the audio of Ed Obradovich. He basically says every week that Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, and James Daniels are so bad that they couldn't start for any of the other 32 teams in the league. I, I disagree with OB. He says the interior line is the worst in football, the worst that the Bears have ever had. No, I, I disagree. You know what? I, I, all the respect in the world for Eddie Obradovich, he's one of my childhood heroes. Uh, but I, I, I think that there are a lot of people who watch Bears games and watch very little else. And so when you make a statement like that about the interior of the offensive line, clearly you have not seen some of the other teams out there that have really, really much worse offensive lines than the Chicago Bears. Now, I'm not saying that those guys those guys have disappointed that interior. That was supposed to be the strength of this offensive line. And it appears like the tackles, the last few weeks anyways, have been playing better than the interior of the offensive line. But they haven't played that bad. And fuck Andy Dalton had a lot of fucking time to play uh, to to uh, sit in the pocket and and throw against Detroit. Now again, it is Detroit. <laughs> Sorry, Don Burr, but um, he, he, you know the offensive line to me is. I, I see that they're improving week to week to week. So I, I don't know what he's talking about. Did he say that recently, Dan? Yeah, he said I had it, some of it in the piece there when he was like that the oh, Bears yeah. would have probably won multiple playoff games during Nagy's run if the offensive line wasn't so fucking dreadful. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's been the worst part of this team for years now, and Ryan Pace has done nothing to fucking address it with, you know, with high draft picks or anything. You know, he's like, you draft a guy with a bad back. That's your answer. It, it was more, it was a slap at the line, but it was more or less an overarching fuck you to Pace. Well, those guys really really fucking hate uh ryan pace and matt oh nagy. and nagy oh my god i mean do you know what this has done to dan hampton it's driven him to it's drink. made him drink yeah, he had a DUI. <laughs> but give dan credit he was charged early in the week and he still made his show on wgn <laughs> yeah and interesting that wgn made no mention of it no mention of it they didn't uh, suspend them for a game or a week or you know they didn't say anything on air do you think that's right uh or you know because it's his personal life or do you think that wgn had an obligation to either suspend them or, or at least make mention of it i hope that they don't suspend him i mean I, it's Maybe they should have acknowledged it just because it's 2021 and that's the way things are. But, I mean, the dude's going to pay. He's going to lose his license. He's going to have to pay a shit ton of money to get him reinstated. It's going to cost him like $5,000 to get his license back. Yeah. No, that's not a lot of money probably for Dan Hampton. But for the regular average Joe, that is. So, I mean, he's going to pay for it and probably going to have to serve a small amount of jail time if not take a dui class wow you know if he so if he has I'm, to s serve jail time you think wgn will hide that too <laughs> i don't i don't know i'm sure they would he he could do it in the off season uh but he may be able to because he's got a history but none of his duis were active you know they were he'd already dealt with them all of them if he had like more than one that was active he'd be really fucked like uh, those can turn into felonies, but I think he 
will probably, I said, have to take like a traffic class, which mm -hmm. he has to pay for. He'll have to put the breathalyzer in his car at his own expense. He'll have to get it removed at his own expense. All this stuff. And it piles up. Yeah. And, I mean, he's already going to lose five, six, seven grand out of his own money. Like, why do we have to suspend him on that? He's already fucking cussing himself. Yep. Because he he's got enough money to hire a guy to drive him around. He's Dan Hampton. I know. It's so he, weird. He's already pissed at himself. Like, why should he? It's like what I was saying about Gruden. Then, like, why does he have to go away forever now? So I hope that Dan does not have to go away. I hope they don't fire him after this season. Just, well, you drove drunk. <laughs> you remember McMahon got pulled out, had a DUI in the late 90s uh, after he'd retired. Maybe it's early 2000s. Yep. He allegedly told the police as soon as they uh, pulled him over, he was like, okay, fuck it, you got me. Yep. Uh, He's like, you got me. <laughs> which He told him immediately. Which is a really good way to get good treatment from the cops when you just admit it, man. Yeah, I did it. No, I agree. <laughs> don't fucking, don't, don't try to uh, uh, lie to them or anything. Bear truth don't nine. lie and call him sir. And that's all, you, you'll, you're, it'll go so long. Yep, exactly. Just Bear don't truth, have an attitude. Bear truth nine wants to know if we could make three total offensive pickups in free agency and draft this off season to build around fields, what would you do and keep it realistic? And Bear truth nine, I totally agree with the approach. You've got to, this off season is about uh, helping Justin Fields be the absolute best quarterback he can be so you've got to solidify the offensive line you've got i i disagree with ob i think you need to re-sign james daniels let's remember i think the kid is like 23 this guy is ascending he's not descending he's had some bad games but i i think he is capable of being a really good offensive guard for this team he could actually I want to say that I think James Daniels could actually become a better Kyle Long. He just Who got activated today, by the way. Oh, really? Good for him. Good luck, Kyle. But I just think that uh, Daniels doesn't have that mean streak that Kyle Long has, and, and that's what the Bears want. That's what Juan Castillo wants. But I would love, love to see them retain um, – uh, James Daniels. And then outside of that, you know, you got to hope that Jenkins and, and, and Borum are going to work out at the tackle positions. And then you, you've got to, you got to find a, a stud offensive lineman. I, you know, I, I'd have to do some studying to answer your question in a, in a good way here, but you know, I'm thinking Could you of, try Daniels back at center again. And I wouldn't be adverse to that. I would not at all be adverse to that. But I, I, I can tell you this, uh, 4K, you need to get rid of guys before you can start signing guys. you got to figure out some, some trades uh, where you can expunge some of the salary cap, create some more cap, and then go after free agents. But in my mind, I want to build through the draft. I want to start accumulating tons and tons of draft picks. And I I saw a, um, I think it was a, a report in one of the, the local newspapers that since Ryan Nagy uh, joined the Bears, Ryan Nagy, Ryan Pace joined the Bears he has had almost 20 fewer draft picks than the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers and some of these other teams because he's traded so many of them and because those other teams have become so adept at picking up compensatory picks. 
That's how you build a team. That's how you build depth. That's what the Chicago Bears should be doing to, to spend so much money on a Khalil Mack and draft assets on a Khalil Mack when you don't have your quarterback yet, when you don't have offensive weapons and, and protection for your quarterback, to me, that's that's not doing it right. Build from the line and get offensive weapons. Let's make sure that we get Justin Fields everything that he needs so that we don't make the same mistake with him that we did with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler didn't have any weapons here until uh, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, two two head cases. There were two head cases, right? And Martellus, too. You're talking about a third one. And and, and then they already had Matt Forte. That was fucking awesome. That that fucking four-headed monster of offense was fantastic. And that's what we need. But the defense sucked then. Oh, my gosh. If they could have had Lovey's defense with that offense, then Hmm. we probably won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yep. Like the 2010 team, you know, if Jay doesn't get hurt and you have that kind of – if Brandon Marshall's here then Mm – Mm-hmm. You know, but that kind of leads to my next question about current day. We, I think we can both agree that whether we want this to happen or not, Robinson's probably gone at the end of the season. Oh, We're yeah. not going to franchise him again. He hasn't had a good year for whatever reason. It's just, I'm not saying he's tanking or anything, but he just hasn't had a good season given his contract. And I think he'll be gone. So then the question is, is Darnell Mooney a number one? And I don't know that. A, he's kind of small and frail and two he's had an enormous amount of drops this year after having what one all of last season it, it seems like he's had probably 10 drops this year who are you talking about mooney no i just checked this out officially officially i was shocked when i saw this officially he has two drops isn't that weird i, I can't i that Maybe a bunch of his drops are coming back on penalties or something. No, okay, here's, the, here's mo- the thing. I looked it up because I was shocked when I saw that it was only two. I thought he had two against uh, Detroit on uh, Thanksgiving. Alone. Yeah. Right. But, but he was accredited with zero. And the reason why is because the uh, the the service, I think it was ESPN that I was reading from their website, they only count a, a drop when, it, when the defender is nowhere near the w- receiver. And so that they're like, so that one pass, the very first pass thrown to Darnell Mooney, where he's doing an out to the sideline, it hit his hands and he dropped it. And the defender was on his hip, but he didn't touch the ball or anything. Mooney should have caught that. But ESPN is saying because the defender was so close by, you can't say it was a drop because he disrupted the pass. It was a pass defended. I don't get it, but it's but it's true. I, well, I, he's had a lot of 50-50 balls I, then that he I hasn't agree. brought down. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with you. I, I don't know if he's ready to be the number one receiver. So we're talking about what would Fields need in 2022. He's probably going to need a, a number one receiver. I agree. Because A-Rob's going to be gone. He's going to be happy. He's yep. gonna, you're taking the cuffs off him. He's going to go wherever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. And, and, and who else do you have? Right. And, and it's one of those things. A-Rob right now is considered the number one free agent. Chris Godwin is gonna, and Devontae Adams, they're really considered one and two. And then Robinson. Those, all three of those guys are going to demand money that the Bears can't afford right now. So you I look, think Adams goes wherever Rodgers goes. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So you're looking at guys like Juju Smith-Schuster. You're looking at Sammy Watkins. You don't want Sammy Watkins. No, no fucking way. (laughs) You're looking at some old guys, and you look at some some younger guys. I mean, it's really, after those top three guys, DJ Shark is a guy from Jacksonville. He's had some injury problems and so forth, but he's a guy that I would take a chance on. But yeah, you're not you're not going to bring in you're not going to bring in anybody who has a track record of success because they're all too expensive or too old to really give you any promise that they're going to play as well as they have. Like a, like uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He's a free agent. You know, he, he's been around for a long time. He, he, uh, but I, I just, you know, it, it's a fucked up situation. This is a two to three year rebuilding uh, plan. And so that's what? why I'm at a point now where if you can get draft assets for Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, I would, I would blow the whole fucking thing up and start over, man. What, what if Alan, Rob, like, well, let's say Nagy did get fired. What if A Rob was like, fuck it, I want to stay now? Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> like, if his whole, because maybe maybe he's part of the that story from last week with the guy that does the podcast with him. Ooh. So maybe his main beef, maybe he thinks that Nagy was holding back Mitch and is holding back. So maybe he's like, fuck, if we got a real coach here, I would stay. Because you can't tell me that Robinson wouldn't be happy to play with Justin Fields. Yeah. Hey, Kevin White was released today, according to somebody in the in the chat. Uh, uh, do you think the Bears? <laughs> I think he caught a touchdown pass somewhere. Did he? Because he never caught one with the Bears. No, I know he didn't catch it. I think <laughs> this season he's caught a touchdown somewhere. Oh, hey, guess what, man? John Santucci. He is ready to join us. Let's take a look at him here. Look at how handsome he looks. Holy <laughs> shit. Johnny Santucci. You know good what? evening, was, gentlemen. Good evening. I was bringing you in at a good point. Just when I need to take a piss, it's your cue to come on in <laughs> and hold it for me no, I, to uh, talk to Dan. So talk to Dan about whatever you guys want to, and I'll be right back, okay? All right. Can, hear me, Tooch. Oh, yeah. Oh, here God. you know. Good. Let me throw this at you real quick. I saw on Sunday, I don't know if you heard me say it earlier, I saw that Gucci movie. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's got Al Pacino in it and Adam Driver. It was fun, man. I liked it. Is that HBO Max? No, I saw it in the theater. I like going to the theater. Right. Right. I have not seen it. I I, I did see I watched another sports movie, which is the Halle Berry uh, MMA uh, movie, I believe that is on Netflix. It's called Bruised, and boy, she's she's two years older than me, and she is in phenomenal shape. She took a beating in that movie. So did she yep. come across as a legitimate MMA star in it? Like, was it miscast? Oh, I thought she did a great job, man. Oh, uh, cool. I got a question. What's my feeling on uh, trading Khalil Mack for a late first pick? I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they'd get a first round pick anymore. I'm not sure uh, his value is. And one the one the enormous contract. And then uh, uh, his is he is he still a good defensive player? Yeah. Is he still the dominant player that he once used to be? I don't. I don't know. I, I a lot of it's probably due to injury, but. Uh, he uh, he's also aging, you know, an aging veteran as well. Uh, you'd be lucky to get a third round pick for 
Khalil Mack, I think. Yeah, yeah I agree I with agree. I agree with Toa. I, I'm not sure what the Rams gave up for Von Miller. I think it was a fourth round pick. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I, I uh, last week I gave out you know the the Lions plus three three and a half that that paid off. Uh, Bears still got the win, so uh, you'd win your bet, and then and then the under that was easy money. What was it? Thirty points scored in the game, or thirty three points in the game? So, right. Yeah, easy uh, easy money. Uh, I'm in. I, I've been monitoring the chat room and stuff while Aldo uh, was working the show, producing the show. Uh, lots of lots of comments in there, man. I how how would you feel if Nagy was back next year, Dan? They just I would feel defeated before the season even begun. Yeah, yeah. I think most Bear fans would feel, you know, uh, you know, defeat before the season even started. So that, that, I mean, it it has to be a foregone conclusion that he's gone after this year. There's no, there's no way he's coming back. I, I thought it was interesting the the little tidbit that came up that uh, perhaps it was Matt Nagy that leaked. You know the uh, the story. You know the story that we had before last week's show, which was uh, Matt Nagy would be fired after uh, the Detroit game. You know, which was ridiculous on its face. You know that. You know they would tell Matt Nagy, "Hey, you know we're letting you go, but why don't you coach one one last game?" Right. You know that was a ridiculous story. I think the the guy who broke the uh, story, Mark Conkle, uh, he wrote a follow up piece. I don't know if you saw it. Where he was said, "Hey, I have I, I spent 20 years building this source, you know, inside of Hallis Hall, and did I get sold a bill of goods? Maybe. Uh, so I really, I, I don't know what what went on, but uh, the the fact that the Bears had to come out and, and say, oh no, he's not getting fired. Uh, I, I think someone so, someone or something forced their hand, you know that." Uh, the Metcalfs had no choice, whether it's true or not. Whether he's not getting fired, that would be uh, in line with Bears' past that uh, they don't fire coaches uh, in the middle of the season. What if, what if he goes to Green Bay in a couple weeks on Sunday night and gets humiliated? Oh, <laughs> get fired then. Uh, that would that would certainly open the door for the McCaskey, uh family to to launch Nagy. You know, you're talking like a, a Tressman style 50 points. Uh, they hang 50 on it. It's like 52 to 14, you know, or it's, you know, just, you know, a, a burn the house down kind of game. Uh, yeah, it certainly would open the door. Certainly would open the Even door. Even if it's like 34 to 7, I yeah. think it, it, another national TV debacle, I think, could be what would get him fired before the end of the season. Yeah, 28 nothing, too. That would. You know, yeah, just, yeah, they get shut out. Yeah, that would uh, that would certainly open the door as well. Uh, I we got the Cardinals coming up this weekend. Cardinals are nine and two. Um, certainly, they're not uh, they're not uh, the same uh, caliber. I don't think any without they haven't played the same uh, as good at football as they did at the beginning of the season. You know where they. Uh, they went in, just blew out Tennessee. Uh, the uh, Cardinals nine and two. 
They're eight and three against the spread. I'll tell you, the Cardinals are six and zero oh on the road. They have not lost a road game yet this season. Their only two losses have been at home. Uh, Bears, on the other hand, uh, at home they're two and three and two and three against the spread. Uh, and we four, haven't beaten them at home since '03. With right. since Cordell Stewart was our quarterback. Right, and uh, and you guys were talking about. I, I, I have I ever told? I told you the story. I was at the Fog Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you in, told me you were at the championship game that year too. Right. In in person, I was at the Fog Bowl. I, I could not see a thing sitting in the stands. The only thing I could see was the players coming off the field, you know, onto the sidelines. That was it. You right. know, there was nothing. You could not see anything. I really wanted to see Randall Cunningham. I was like, this is, you know, he's just a phenomenal athlete, you know, the way he'd scramble around and, and, uh, just, just a terrific quarterback. I couldn't see him. Though. I saw the same so. game you did on TV. Neither right. one of us <laughs> Neither one of us could see anything, right? <laughs> right. Well, the, you know, we scored our points in the sunshine. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the Bears made the stops when they needed early in the game, you know. Yeah. Yep. They made stops. Randall threw for four hundred yards that day. Uh, I got a question from Foster: If the Bears are five and six, the Pit Pittsburgh game a win? Because then, then we'd be even with Minnesota. Uh, first, we've got to get past Arizona and Green Bay, too, I think, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm not expecting uh, – I, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to play, so I think the Bears have a better chance. But Arizona defense is pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, we've got the, uh, the trip up to Lambeau Field, right, coming up after that. Yeah, I, I think the Bears can beat Arizona. I really do. I – if you were going to make me bet my mortgage, I would say we couldn't beat Green Bay. That's the game. Like yeah. we, we just, like Roger says, he fucking owns us. He still yeah. owns us. Yeah, he does. Uh, we have, like I said, I think I said earlier in another one of these shows, I couldn't remember the last time we beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Did we beat, we beat them uh, with, Bre with Brett with the backup the division? When we clinched the division title in 18. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a backup, though, right? Huntley oh, was. Rogers, no? yeah. Okay. Eddie Jackson intercepted Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. He got, got hurt. He got injured okay. and was not available for the uh, for the Eagles playoff game. The, the other time we beat them was when Hundley was quarterback, right? For the Packers, backup of uh, Aaron Rodgers that year. Uh, well, we beat the we beat Rodgers uh, when McClellan hurt him. Right. In right. 13, we yep. beat Jay Cutler beat him in 2015 on Thanksgiving night when they had Bart Starr there and Brett Favre there, and they had his, it was like a homecoming game for them during the Nagy era, though. Say it again during the Matt Nagy era, we beat him with the oh, backup. The Nagy right? era, he's only beaten him once, and that was yeah. in 18, right? And that was uh, that was with uh, a backup, though, no. No, no, Rodgers played. We beat Rodgers. Khalil had the backward sack that day. Oh, right, right, okay. Yeah, we beat Aaron Rodgers that. for real. He threw the pick to Eddie Jackson, like Aldo said, to lose the game. Yep, yep. I thought I thought I remember us beating Brett Hundley, the backup of uh, of the Packers for some reason. No, like uh, that's why I was running through. He's he's lost to us five times. Okay. Jay beat him in 2010 on Monday uh, Monday Night Football in Week Three. We beat him in 13. Uh, and the uh, Shea McClellan game, which I think McCallum played that one. 
We beat them in 15. We beat them in 18. What's the other one that I'm that I'm missing here? Oh, 2008. Kyle Orton beat him once. So yeah, early, in, the, early in his career. Uh, Rogers has been immunized now. Maybe uh, is that Dexter? <laughs> That's Dexter. Uh, Rogers been immunized. Maybe uh, maybe we'll beat we'll beat him now. Maybe it'll take away some of his mojo. <laughs> Got I the uh, the vax. <laughs> I hope he comes down uh, with a flaming case of gonorrhea the day. There we go. Steven Nagishi's got it. Brett Huntley came a week one when Rodgers got injured. Yeah, and we lost that game. We lost. Okay. That's the we, game. That was uh, we couldn't, we couldn't beat game. the backup. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Rodgers came back into the game. Okay. Yeah, we he led that big second half comeback because we had a big lead at the half, and Nagy's first game ever. Mitch's first game with Nagy and. Khalil's first game, and it right. looks so great in the first half, and then they fucking blew it in the second half. <laughs> Although, uh, I asked Dan while you were away how you'd feel if Matt, if Matt Nagy were to return next year before the season. How would you feel? Well, okay, I'm going to make a proclamation right here, right now. <laughs> Matt Nagy returns to the Chicago Bears next season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the year off. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'll do stuff at the Barroom Network, but it won't be Bears related. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to boycott the team, and I'm going to publicly lead boycotts. I'm going to, you know, like, uh, you know, people compl- uh, having boycotts of taxes, or you know, I don't know what the fuck. I, I, I don't want to compare it to to any serious social issue because that would be, uh, that wouldn't be funny. And I'm trying to be a bit funny here, but I, I, I really, I just feel I, I'm at a point right now where I'm feeling really rebellious about this team, more so than I think I ever have in my life. Um, there have been seasons in the past where I've been so unhappy with the Chicago Bears that I, you know, my my attention wasn't a hundred percent, you know, like it is for most seasons. You know, I had other things to do. You know, there was new girls to fuck and and shit like that, and so that was much more interesting than watching the Bears lose. So, you know, I devoted my fall to that, and, but I haven't, since I've been married, I haven't had to do that. So uh, I, I really, really believe that if Matt Nagy does come back, I, I'm I'm going to step back until he is gone, which I know won't be, I know that there's no way he could survive another season like this. And I'm actually saying all this because I'm like 99.99% confident he will be fired at the end of the season. I am too. I uh, uh, uh defeat before didn't even start it. Just oh, an o- overwhelming sense of defeat. Uh, uh, last says uh, that I'll go on a hunger strike. Fuck no, I'm not going no fucking hunger strike. <laughs> Dan and I and Tooch are going to be eating, eating, eating. We're going to go on. Uh, yeah. Uh, on a fat protest, we're going to gain eight hundred pounds until Nagy's gone. We'll do the opposite, <laughs> the reverse. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <that. laughs> I'm all full of Black Friday beef jerky. My wife uh, uh, bought me uh, uh, some beef jerky at the outlet mall on Black Friday. Whoa! So. <laughs> How was that ingested uh, anally or through? For uh, for for a keto diet, you know, it's beef jerky becomes essential. You know, if you're on oh, keto, really? I, I got to tell that. you that uh, it was announced, I think it was announced today or, or recently that Subway 
like we'll have a keto bread sandwich. So like no zero carb bread. So uh, uh, and That's one of I the test markets. Yeah, I buy one keto of the test markets. Is, yeah, so do my wife and I do too as well. I, one of the test markets for the bread is is Des Moines. There's four. It's like nice. uh, Boise, uh, uh, Charleston, and mm -hmm. uh, another one. I think George, Atlanta. There's like four test markets for uh, Subway's uh, keto bread uh, sandwich. So for, Pretty cool. I'll be lucky to. I'll report next week after I stop at uh, after Subway. I'll report back to uh, the bar room. Ben, you oh. ne you never diet, right? Do you? I know you work out. Yeah, I. I I can't cook, so I end up eating, you know, bad shit. But usually I can eat one meal, and that's all all day. If I would cut down on my soda, I'd be a little bit uh, better. But, yeah, I do work out. So, like, uh, if you want me to, to cut down on myself, I'll just say I'm a healthy fat guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of soda does Dan like? He's a Coke man. Coca-Cola? Like vanilla Coke. Mm -hmm. That's right. He right. likes that Coca-Cola. When Tooch brought up Boise, uh -huh. it made yes. me think of a Richard Pryor film that everyone else shit on that I enjoyed called Moving. It had Dan, uh, Dana Carvey and Randy Quaid. Never saw that the, movie. The lady that's hmm. a right winger now that was in Clueless. Oh, wow. And she oh, was in Mo Money with Damon Wayans. Gorgeous She's, woman. Yeah, yeah, uh, Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. No, that's yeah, the NFL she's in reporter, it too. I like King Kong Bundy was also in it. I enjoyed moving the 1987 Richard Pryor film. He he has to move to Boise, Idaho in it. So I, I you know he went through that period where he was making just like Eddie Murphy went through, you know, like a period where he was making, you know, uh movies that were for mass appeal. But and, but this was still rated R though. I just I, I stayed away from it because I thought it was a kind of a sellout. I'm just doing this for money. But do you think it's worth watching? Yeah, I think uh, like, again, it's not, I'm I'm not telling you to watch Godfather two, you know. But for a <laughs> comedy that's 90 minutes long and has Richard Pryor esque jokes that are rated R, yes, I enjoyed movie. Mm. Although uh, uh, we, I was telling Dan, we got the. Uh, both both of the tips I gave out last week hit the Lions plus the points and the under, so but we got a Bears victory too, so it was the best of three worlds. Yes, I I uh, I made some money on that Bears game. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> so did I, I. I took the Lions and the three points, and yep. so I, I covered. So, um, guys, you know I was holding up my little Dexter thing here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, two, have you caught up with the new season? I haven't. How is it? Is it really good? I fucking love it. I love uh, it. Now, I, I'm not going to share much because you obviously haven't seen it. Dan is right. still working his way through the original series. You're in season seven, right, Dan? I'm in season seven. So I've got a, a season and a half left to go before I can start the new one. Okay. And, and so I want you to talk about that. You and John maybe can, can talk about that. Yeah, because I haven't seen it at all. None of them. I, I, oh, I really? I've so wanted to watch it too. And I oh, did the feature on uh, of the new show. You had an entertainment weekly. Oh, I'm sure you oh, saw that issue. issue. 
love yeah, it. I just uh, reread the article the other day because I saw one of the latest episode of Dexter New Blood, and I just love it. And I can't really explain anything because I would ruin it for Dan and for you. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, please so don't. I, I won't. I promise I won't. But I think it's very, very clever. And one of the things that I learned from that issue of Entertainment Weekly that uh, Tooch worked on is that uh, those those last couple of seasons of Dexter – uh, were the main showrunner. I think his name is Dan Phillips. He had left the show. Uh, reason why is because the show was filmed, I think, in, in Miami, and he lived in New York, and he just said, you know what, I'm making all this fucking money, and I'm not enjoying it because I'm always over here working, and my family's in New York. So he left the show in the last two seasons. And there was a... A, a, a change in quality, not, you know, budget or the way it looked and so forth, but just the, the storytelling was different. I, I noticed the same thing with The Walking Dead when they changed showrunners like two or three times. Every, you know, it's, it felt yeah. different from the last season. And so that's what happened with Dexter the last two seasons, and they were not as fulfilling as the earlier seasons. Well, this season, Dan Phillips is back. Yay! And I'm telling you, man, it is fucking devious. It is so great. <laughs> and, and, and what what is so cool about this show is that you are rooting for the serial killer, for this for this monster of a man who kills people every episode <laughs> and does it gleefully for fun, but, but he's killing for a reason. Um and and so that sense of uh man, I'm watching something really macabre here and I'm enjoying the fuck out of it is back. And so uh I I, I endorse it uh highly for, for all of you guys. Dan, tell people a little bit about Dexter. For those people who have never seen Dexter, you do a really good job of of providing like a plot synopsis. Tell people what Dexter is about. So Dexter is the guy that works for blood splatter for the Miami police department or what it's a fictitious name, the Miami Metro police department. And his dad adopted him from a crime scene. His dad was fucking his mother. She was a witness, you know, a snitch. And she was like someone that worked, you know, the street and stuff like that and gave him tips. And uh, so this guy kills Dexter's mom and Dexter is a baby's covered in blood. So he adopts, Dexter and tries to give him a normal life and not telling him, tell him anything about his past. But Dexter kind of slowly remembers it as things drive him to remember throughout the show. It's sort of like repressed memories, I guess you could say. Uh, and it, you could say the whole theme of the show is blood. It starts out with him getting bitten by a mosquito. He works for blood. Is it genetic that he could be or maybe it's is it a product of his experiences growing up around this violence that leads him to violence. But either way, he uh, takes his knowledge of the forensics and applies it to people that do bad things, whether it's uh, a killer that walks, that doesn't get jail time. So he's, he's sort of an anti-hero. Like he doesn't just kill people that he doesn't like. Mm -hmm. He He has a code, as he puts it. Right. His father's code. And he targets people that have hurt others and done bad things and got away with it. Mm -hmm. So he's a vigilante in that in that that aspect. Right. He he kills people 
that have harmed others. Right. He's he's Batman is how it was described in that article from Entertainment Weekly that that those early episodes of uh, early seasons, I should say, of Dexter. He was basically basically the mythological Batman character. Everybody thought that he was bad, but he was actually doing a good thing because he was getting rid of other killers. But nonetheless, that kind of vigilante justice is wrong. So that's why I always had kind of an icky feeling about it. And and the fact that he just loved doing it, you know, that's that's part of part of uh, uh, the whole issue. But uh that's a great way to explain it. I, I, I think it's a great show. I'm, I'm so glad, uh, Dan, that you're, you've been doing a great binge on this and you're going to get on to the new season uh, pretty soon here. I would say probably the next week and maybe on the next show we can dive, do a deep dive into, uh, into the new season and uh, Tooch can put us on mute and, and, and we won't spoil anything for him. <laughs> I agree. I think I'll be on seven before the end of the week. And then I just have eight, and we'll go from there. I still recommend to you that show Yellow Jackets on Showtime. Just yeah. started yeah. watching it. I like it. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack is great. great. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it, it is. is. It yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, I don't it, know how it, many it, times it, I hit Shazam on my phone. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That's, um, yeah, it was great. So the soundtrack it, it, is great. One of the things, though, you know, because it, it's it, it's jumping from time to time, from present to past, present to past. And uh, so there are a couple of times I found it a little frustrating with that going back and forth. But overall, it's a very, very compelling storyline. Uh, uh, 4,000 Clover says, Yellow Jackets, what the fuck is that? It's a new Showtime show. show. It's on right yeah. after Dexter on Sunday nights. Yeah, it's great. Show, we got Christina Ricci, Juliet Lewis. Great cast. The main character. The main character looks a little bit like Molly Shannon to me. I know that's not who it is, but I would still fuck the main character. I think she's pretty hot. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't. I gotta find the name of this actor that the one that you're referring to. She was in season one of Fargo, the FX series. Whoa, that's, baby, so good. Oh. That's the only one that I watched of Fargo because I just was so unimpressed by Billy Bob Thornton and like, he was basically playing the same character from No Country for Old Men. Okay. No Country for Old Men. That's I watched season one and Billy Bob Thornton was, was like a fucking Michael Myers or something of that. He couldn't die. He had special power. Like it just fuck that, man. I couldn't give I couldn't make it to season two. <laughs> the fact is <laughs> Dan Aguirre is really picky. Laugh out loud. Did he did he like Dexter so far? Yeah, factor. He likes he likes Dexter. Love Dexter. Yeah. yeah, he's totally into it. But yeah, a, a lot of people comment in the chat room, Dan, that your taste in movies that you can be kind of finicky. I just don't like comic book films. None at all. I mean, the Christopher Reeves Superman movies I could do because I was a kid. <laughs> all the current comic book movies, their fights and shit look like a fucking video game. Mm-hmm. The Is it like uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker, the Dark, uh, the Dark Knight? Oh, so good, yes, Tooch. Uh, you, yes, have you seen that? He, he died, so we have to suck his dick. No, I'm sorry no, that he no. Died. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's not. It was a great performance. Though, the Academy Academy Award because he died. I I get it. I get it. No, that that first of all, that movie is fantastic. It starts with this uh crime 
And it's all shot on 70 millimeter film. So the imagery is so fucking sharp and, and beautiful. And that great Hans Zimmer score behind it. Uh, and you you, yep. you you meet this Joker character. He's fucking sinister. You've never seen a Joker like this. We're all familiar with the Jack Nicholson funny Joker, the Burgess Meredith funny Joker on TV and so forth. No, this fucking Heath Ledger Joker, this motherfucker is a scary motherfucker. This guy's really deranged. And, uh, and, and just... It's the Dark Knight. It's not really Batman. It's this dark noir comic book. Uh, it's based on the Dark Knight. And uh, uh, Dan, please do me a favor and watch. I've seen clips of it. It's when Christian Bale sticks his teeth out every time he talks too, and he like he, no, he doesn't chance. talk like himself when he's Batman. He's like, <laughs> uh, like, like, what is he saying? He sticks his teeth out and like makes his voice sound like there's fuck. Like he sounds like the Detroit Lions coach. <laughs> <laughs> when he's playing Batman, what the fuck is it? Why does he sound like that? Like I, I, Christian Bale alone makes me not want to watch that movie. No, no, no. You got to give it. They a deserve to choose for themselves. <laughs> what the fuck? Why is he sounding like that? Zach he doesn't sound like that as Bruce Wayne. What, what is he doing? Zach, why does he stick his teeth out like he's the gopher from Caddyshack? Zach says I'm with Dan on this take. Hate superhero bullshit. And it's everywhere now. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's like 77 movies a year of the same shit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've given up on Marvel. I know they're turning out some good stuff. I read the reviews, high quality stuff. But I just feel like I've seen this fucking thing before. Give me some good dramas. Give me some Gone Girls. Give me some. You some... won't watch moving, but you'll watch comic book movies. The comic book movies, if they were music. Or plastic top 40 bullshit Taylor Swift. Backstreet Boys, just for mass consumption, they're safe and watered down bullshit. They're TV fucking PGs, what they are, because it's safe for everybody. It's bullshit. And what can it be like? Batman versus Superman versus Iron Man versus Wonder Woman. Like, get the fuck out. Why are there 77 guys in every film? It's like a rap video, for fuck's sake. No, uh, I, I can't get into it. You're right about that, but. Except I think that if you give that second Batman movie a chance, you will see a lot. A lot of it is like an allegory for the Bush Cheney administration because there's Morgan Freeman plays this genius inventor who is who's developed something where he can spy on every household in, in Gotham City. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. This is just what the fucking Bush and Cheney were doing. It's the Patriot Act. <laughs> exactly. So there's really good, you know, subliminal symbolisms, symbolism, whatever you want to call it. And and so I it, it has some more weight to it than I, I think most uh, superhero movies have, but the superhero movies are entertaining, but I'm, I'm just kind of too much of it, man. It's like, geez, do we have to have 10 of them a year? <laughs> oh. I know. And I would watch Batman part 26, whichever one it is you want me to watch. <laughs> if you would watch moving. Okay. All right. I like Richard Pryor, man. All right. I, I, that's a deal. And I, I it's rated R. I'm not asking you to watch some like fucking daddy daycare shit or something. <laughs> Last says Dan's voiceover voice is coming out. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good. All right. And I got a Richard Pryor movie for you and Tooch and everyone else. It's called Blue Collar. I've R seen Blue Collar. Isn't Hardy that Kytel. great? Yeah. Now that one's a little dark. 
it, it's dark. It's it's yeah. It's where he's working. Uh, yeah, and there's somebody else other than Harvey Keitel and probably there's a third person. Yapet Koto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad and, motherfucker. Uh, it's, it deals with uh, politics with the union and stuff. Exactly. It is a real left wing movie, which is why I like it because it, it, it its simple message is the the uh, the people who are in power want to keep the racial classes clashing against one another so that they will fail to unionize and fail to seek workers rights and so forth it's a really good political drama it's an old film uh so if you're not into old films bypass going to watch a marvel movie <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go in a second but uh let me just say that i know that every richard Pryor movie wasn't you know what wasn't it, you know i guess you could say maybe they were sellout movies or something like but I mean, they were still rated R, and I still enjoy like Bustin. Was it Bustin Loose? Was that the name of it? Yeah. Uh, Bustin yeah. Loose, yes. Bustin Loose. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that, man. I know that it's like not a Black Power movie or something, but I I thought it was good, man. It's funny. Richard Pryor was fucking great. He, well, yeah. uh, his yeah. concert movies first and foremost. Oh yeah, the right? Sunset Strip and Here and Now. Yes. Uh, Bingo Long and the Traveling All Stars. He was one of uh, several great actors in that movie um trying to think of the name of another movie that i really like oh uh the autobiography movie uh jojo dancer yeah, jojo dancer that was yeah, solid yeah, that was excellent um but yeah i these kind of gene wilder movies yeah it, i didn't really like those yeah. i'll give you that i didn't really like crazy it. come on no, crazy I'm, not, I'm not a fan sorry <laughs> you, i'm you not a big it? gene wilder guy either so. yeah, yeah gross burger and then uh gross burger uh was an opera singer it's like the big Ball got they moved into his cell with him and they thought he was gonna kill him. They turned out to be like a sweetheart with the opera operatic voice. <laughs> I don't remember. I like that. I'm a Gene Wilder fan, so I like that stuff. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, I've never been a big Gene Wilder fan. The producers huh? and Blazing Saddles, I mean not Blazing Willy Saddles. Willy Wonka. Young Frankenstein. I have never seen Willy Wonka. What? Never. I, you know, I, I Willy Wonka. Have a couple of gummy bears and throw that one. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably have to do that. But I'm with yeah. Dan. You saw it and don't like it, right? My mom made me watch that at like eight, thinking that like kids would all like this. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm afraid or something, because I was already watching rated R horror movies. I just thought it was boring and dreadful. Like, I thought it was terrible. Like, as a kid, and I haven't watched it since the late 80s, but as a kid, I was like, we should just throw this tape out. This fucking sucks. Hmm. I hated it. I thought it was absolutely dreadful. Do you, do you, did you like Home Alone? The factor wants to know. No. Because <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because Joe Pesci, we're talking about fucking Joe Pesci. The great Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. How many times did they catch this kid and didn't fucking kill him? But it's oh three It's three stooges. It's slapstick. It, oh, you know. fucking no. It's and then a, when he's that, in New York and there's a pigeon lady. Yeah. Oh, God. Was that John Hughes? Uh, no. The first one? No? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's John Hughes' that. film, right? I don't think so. John Hughes no. did that other one, uh, Uncle Buck, which was with okay. McCullough oh, and, and John. Great movies, John Hughes. Yeah. You know, all Chicago, Chicago area. North yeah. Shore, mostly. I'll, uh, uh, I'll, uh, when Dan has time, I'll share a John Hughes story with you guys because I got a chance to interview him. It's pretty cool. He's uh, he's passed away now. Is he, did I know, he pass yeah. away? 
yeah. passed away very young in life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's a, a brilliant guy. Although a lot of uh, the woke crowd now is saying that those John Hughes movies are not aging well from a political correction standpoint. So I'll have to kind of revisit that and rethink that. But I read a headline or two on, on that recently. You know, everything is fucking. My, my last line, because I have to go to work. Yeah, you better. The thing with that is, people yep. fail to realize whenever they're when they're quote woke. I'm not trying to be on a political soapbox here, but you have to view it in the context of when a movie came out. Things change. Culture Absolutely. always evolves. Absolutely, so you can't judge. Oh, I don't like the way uh, Judd Nelson was in 1984 to Molly Ringwald. Yeah. Like he shouldn't treat women like that, but it's a different era, which doesn't make it right. Right. But you can't suddenly say now we have to flush this movie down the toilet because that was an acceptable standard in 1984. That's right. And, and you know, the same thing with Gone with the Wind. Some people don't exactly, want to. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't even like I've never seen Gone with the Wind, but I know that a lot of people now are like saying, ah, oh, you can't you can't even watch it. And they have to show a warning now and turn a classic and fuck, man. I mean, like. People change. Look at Joe Biden as the example. 30 years ago, he was part of the reason that Clarence Thomas got put on the court mm -hmm. and was attacking a female victim. Now he's a and communist. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly he is the veep to Barack, who to the Republican Party is toxic waste. Mm -hmm. And now he's the president with the first female and biracial vice president. So I'm just saying for he's the poster boy of someone that did some bad shit early on in his life and evolved, whether you like him or not. The Delaware Dixiecrat, pro-segregationist. There you go. Exactly. Early in it, man, you could C-SPAN is littered with uh, uh, Joe Biden using the N-word all over the place. Didn't want his kids riding the same bus. With, and, uh, and he evolved. You know? And I'm not even saying that any of that's right, because it's certainly not. But I'm just saying he's an example of times changing, people can change. I sound like Stallone at the end of Rocky Four now, so I'm going to go. Hey, hold on. Before <laughs> you go, before you go, Zach Sullivan wants you to watch uh, the uncut version of Home Alone. He says that Joe Pesci puts the kid's head in a vice. <laughs> I, I, when you said uncut, I started Dan, to my cock. That, that's right. When, when I first read it. Dan, <laughs> yeah, uh, will, will, will there be fire naggy chants uh, on Sunday? There are fire naked chats in my hands. Chance. I'm masturbating at, at the uh, <laughs> at the game on Sunday. Will we will we hear fire Matt Nagy? Yes, we're gonna hear it during the game as soon as they That's start moving. I would say yes too. Yeah, I wanted to do a video where you hear chanting, you know, at, at, at all over the world and stuff, but I was too much fucking worry. I gave up. Matt, on it. Matt Nagy goes goes out to eat with his family. Fire Nagy. Matt Nagy <laughs> in the restaurant. Exactly. What'd you say, Dan? You gotta go. Yeah, I got to go, but I say, remember, like, we are the world when everybody lined up. And <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, instead of the, we are the world, it would be fire naked. Yeah, we have to have fun with it because then it makes it, you know, less mean, actually. You know, like uh, uh, Greg Braggs was at uh, one of the, I think, the Bulls game last night, and there was the fire naggy chant yeah. again, and he said that he started to feel uncomfortable about it, and I can kind of see that given – how you know how prevalent it is so you, we have to turn it into a joke so that way we don't feel guilty anymore <laughs> i gotta go guys you go. all be well i'm gonna be late night, Danny. take care brother <laughs> all yeah, right. although uh if the bears lose I, I i if they lose to the cardinals i still don't think Nagy gets fired but i dan and i both think that if the packers hang 50 points on us the week after that he's gone 
<laughs> you know, during the season, the first time the Bears well, ever. That's what would great, it take? Great point. Um, I, I, I even think that a, um, a bad loss against the Cardinals at home, you're going to see and hear the fans get to the point where they, they could be riotous. Yeah. Right. Is that how you pronounce the word? Riotous. Yep. Um, and so that, you know, I, I think that really has an impact on management. And if they see a lot of empty seats and stuff, you know, hell, they want to sell as many T-shirts and hats and stuff as possible. So I do think it can start as early as Sunday against Arizona, where you you could just see an ugly game, you know, but if not um, – if not uh, against Arizona week 13, then definitely, like you say, in Green Bay, that could be an ugly, ugly, ugly loss. And uh, heads will roll, brother. Yeah, five-game losing streak there for – And then <laughs> six bats. last year, right? Uh, somebody oh, somebody uh, posted this. His record is and he like – he still didn't get fired. I know. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. His record is like <laughs> six and sixteen in his last thirty-two games, something like that. It's fucking wild. Uh, King Pookie Nation is telling me I really need to watch Willy Wonka. Come on, you do. I mean, it's it, it it's a classic. I mean, it's uh, it, it's funny too. It's 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 subversive when you watch it. It's uh, okay. It, now now you're talking my language. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the uh, it, it's a it's a it's a commentary on class. You know, uh, upper class and lower class. You know, just when you're watching, I mean, and and Gene Wilder's performance is fantastic. It's funny. It's it's sinister. It's uh, cruel. It's and it's uh, also uh, uh, uplifting. Ben you have to say is saying that I should smoke a joint and watch it. You, you also mentioned gummies, so maybe I should do gummies and smoke yeah. joints. How high do I got to get in order to enjoy it? Is what I want well, to I mean, uh, there's there's one scene in, in the middle where uh, uh, they're riding this boat, you know, because the, the 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 chocolate factory is like uh, an insane acid trip of a chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the way it's the things that happen in there and the way they're making the candy and stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's even a scene where it's kind of like a breaking the, the four, fifth wall, you know, where the uh, one of the one of the kids who's in the tour of the chocolate factory says, "What is this? Some kind of freak out?" You know, it's like <laughs> it's like you know, there's like flashing lights, and, you know, uh, acid, you know, trip movies or acid trip uh, images. Yeah, you know, you so, know yeah. what? I, I, it, it, when you're describing it, it sounds to me, I watched Barbarella for the first time uh, about mm -hmm. four or five months ago. Jane what Fonda. A, what a fucking disappointment. And, and horrible. She, she's beautiful. She's fucking yeah. beautiful in that movie. The sexy outfits, the pouty look. Yeah. And, she's gorgeous. But man, oh, man, I could not maintain my erection. It was so boring. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. it was boring as hell. You know, and... uh <laughs> it, it was in the same mold as the Flash Gordon movie that Sam Jones did. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, right. Which was actually was entertaining, you know? <laughs> but didn't that movie have uh did you say Flash Gordon or Flesh Gordon? Flash Gordon. Okay. Well, that Flesh one, Gordon was also kind of like Barbarella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, Flesh Gordon showed a genitalia, right? Didn't they show his penis? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah. the rocket ships were all shaped as dildos. Or whatever. <laughs> I never saw uh, that. Do you think uh, we'll be hearing the Fire Nagy chant? A hundred percent, no? No, fucking A. On I mean, Sunday? You're hearing um, it at, at the Illinois basketball games. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fact. That's true. 
So yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, again, I, I love the oh, I, the whole idea of spending a creative session just coming up with scenarios as to where you're hearing it. Like you're taking a shit in a public yep. bathroom and, and just all <laughs> next to you, fireman. <laughs> you know, you go, you get get bagels. I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for there to be a viral video of Matt Nagy going into a restroom like Kristen Cinema. <laughs> when somebody goes into the bathroom while he's taking a shit, you know. Oh, I love that! I love that! I love the whole idea of reenacting the January six attacks on the Capitol, but it's the fireman Nagy, you know. Oh man, if I could, if I could just spend a couple of days doing a video like that, people climbing uh, the fences at Hallis Hall, fireman. Nagy. <laughs> I tell you, boy, if, uh, if if the Cardinals come in and hang fifty on the Bears, it might get that bad. <laughs> I agree with you, man. Uh, I forgot. Someone asked me if I thought the Bears would cover seven and a half. Yes, I saw that. Uh, I was actually looking for it. So I, 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 think it's eight, I think it's eight points now. Um, hmm. The thing is, is that the Bears are at home. You know, I it's hard to – I saw eight this morning. It is seven and a half now. Um, that's, that's, a, those are, that's a terrible number, you know, with that hook yeah. yep. sitting there because uh, I could easily see this being a seven-point game. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, maybe it's something like 24 17. You know, Cardinals you, come in, pull you out said the victory. Kyler Murray is not playing. I, that, I can't, I can't, yeah, that's what I, said. I can't give him a, an answer, um, until I know whether or not Murray's playing. I mean, Colt McCoy is okay as a backup, he, he'll manage the game and stuff, but Kyler Murray gives that extra added dimension, you know, the scrambling ability and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. but the Cardinals defense is, is a pretty good defense. Uh, Andy Dalton though came in and showed that he can, uh, you know, move the ball against good defenses. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, I mean, I, I uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense isn't what it it has been in past years. That's for yeah, certain. That is uh, for sure. They're not as good a team. I, I don't it, that that division, the AFC North, is up for grabs for all four teams, just like the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think uh, the Baltimore will be on the top of that division at the end of the season. I think, uh, you know, it's probably either Cincinnati or Cleveland to win that. I could be wrong. Cincinnati is starting to look like a a different organization than the war under Marv uh, uh, Marv Lewis. Marvin Lewis, yeah, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, I, I, there's something going on. There's a, there's a sense in the air that the Bengals may not be the bullshit organization they've been for decades. Uh, so yeah, I think something special is there, which is the, the funny thing is that, you know, the bears actually beat them, but, uh, yeah, keep an eye on, on, uh, the, the Bengals for sure. I, I, yeah, by the way, Kyler Murray is hopeful that he will play. And so people are sort of saying, yeah, it's been a month. So yeah, put your ass out there. Now that turf at, at soldier field, if it's as bad as it was the last two home games, I would say, don't start that guy. You know, I mean, you yeah, know, and and Justin Fields for that matter, that turf was abominable. It back to the old days where the turf was awful. So, um, Bear Truth Nine wants to know your thoughts, Tooch, on acquiring Sean Payton, if possible. I think uh, that would be a pretty good choice. Got to be honest with you. Not only uh, Sean Payton, a Naperville guy, I uh, went to Naperville Central High School. You know, my hometown. Mm-hmm. Naperville, Illinois is where I grew up um, in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> so, uh, okay. uh, here's, here's, here's a question about Sean Payton. So mm-hmm. what, what are you saying to Sean Payton? You get to be general manager and the coach, or you're, you're coming back to Chicago 
to play under your old buddy Ryan That's a great Harris? Question. It, it, so, because if he's coming. If he's coming to work with Ryan Pace, I, I I don't know. I don't know if Ryan Pace can get him the type of personnel that well, maybe Sean could help him to mold the team. I, I don't know. I, I, I just have this feeling that Ryan Pace has to go. And if he could take the rest of the McCaskies with him, that'd be great news. Well, I'll tell you, the thing about Sean Payton was uh, the question is uh, how much of it was Sean Payton and how much of it was Drew Brees? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, let's look at how they look at how they've done without Drew Brees this year. Just an average team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameis Winston five and two. You know, uh, he did have some talent at quarterback after Drew Brees. That Winston's out for the season. They've struggled mm-hmm. with Trevor Simeon and uh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's been out for a while with a concussion. He seems to bring that extra dimension to the Saints. Uh, you know, passing and running. A tough runner. More of a running back than a quarterback, but when he came in uh, uh, for the first time after being out with the concussion, threw some nice balls. Uh, Trevor Simeon's just bad. You know, he's a guy that you can only. He, he's, he's good like, for a game. He's good he's, for like yeah, a half a game. <laughs> if uh, if your starter goes out in like the third quarter, he's your guy. Yeah, but exactly. You need him to start more than one or two games. He's he's bad. Yeah, he's so, like that. But, he's like that junk ball relief pitcher that can uh, that can yeah. uh, create problems for an inning or two or series. That's the thing. I mean, that Alvin Kamara has been hurt for most of the year. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of their offense. They they brought back Mark Ingram, you know, to give him that one-two punch where you could, you know, you don't have to wear down Alvin Kamara. You know, you can have a bruiser running back, but Mark Ingram quickly got hurt as soon as he returned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a tight end. They don't have Michael Thomas at receiver. They have no good wide receivers. They're kind of suffering kind of like the Bears, mm-hmm. you know, with both, whether it's injuries or lack of talent. So, I mean, I don't think it's fair to judge Sean Payton on this year. Uh, but but Sean Payton, I think, would be a great choice. But I, I just wonder if uh, – uh, I'm sure he could work with Ryan Pace. They worked together in New Orleans when Pace was you in New think, Orleans. right? Yeah. I, well, don't you think Sean Pace kind of wants to have some kind, uh, some sort of uh, uh, control over personnel and maybe even control over drafting at this point in his career? I, I, would I don't say think yes. he'll go anywhere else without that because yeah. I, you know some team will give him that. And yep. uh, By the way, Foster brings up a good point here. He says – the, the Saints had massive salary cap issues and still better than the Bears. And you are absolutely right. I remember reading an article, you know, five years ago or something like that. Mickey Loomis has done a terrible job of managing the salary cap. This team is in trouble and so forth. And what happens? They go to this fucking uh, NFC championship game and would have been to the Super Bowl if it wasn't for the goddamn ref that screwed yeah. them. So, you know. Uh, the, all the salary cap stuff and and maybe Ryan Pace hasn't screwed up the salary cap although every indication this season in season it looks like he has he didn't hasn't had enough money to to bring in anybody else but uh, but maybe you know he can d- pull a, a Mickey Loomis and get this team into the playoffs with the weird salary cap situation that they find themselves in yeah, I, the salary cap's going to be hairy, I think, you know, next year. After that, I think it clears up pretty good. But I, I haven't looked into who, you know, we, we would want to get from free agency just because the coaching staff is bad. Right. You know, who, uh, who's no, going to come Who's going to come in here and really shine with these coaches? No, you got to start there. You got to start with uh, – Bringing in a new thinking, a new think tank, new uh, leaders of the uh, organization, 
to correct, you know, to really, really correct the culture. They talk about culture yeah. a lot, but it's it's a losing culture. You can't have that. I'm looking through the top free agent list here. You know, the Bears aren't going to be able to afford a lot of these guys, but you know, there there are guys like um, you know, they need another cornerback, right? So you got to yeah, look yeah, at sure. guys like Joe Hayden, who's 33 years old with, with the Steelers. Maybe you can get him on a bargain price because I don't think the Steelers are going to sign him. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> do you want Kyle Fuller back? <laughs> I don't know about it's better that. Better than what we got. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Um, I think you got to draft. You know, you got to draft another cornerback. All right. Yeah. So everybody says that. Everybody says that. So you got your second and your third draft picks. Everything else after that, this even despite Pace's uh, good record with fourth and fifth round draft picks, but. It's safer that you're going to get a starter in the second and third round. So yeah. if you're going to do that, what position groups would you try to target with those, with those second rounder and draft pick and, and, and third round draft picks? Are you talking cornerback? Are you talking offensive line? You're talking wide receiver. Are you talking to yeah. safety? Because Eddie Jackson, you know, uh, there's wow. so many needs inside you. linebacker pass rushers with Quinn and, and Matt getting old. There's so many fucking needs. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, obviously it depends on who's there when the bears are drafting, like which players fall, but I tell you, uh, uh, a hard hitting, like tackling machine at safety would really do some wonders for the Bears. Like Jamal Adams. Look at what Jamal Adams went to Seattle. I know he's injured now. Look, they lost to the, to the football team on Monday night. They didn't have Jamal Adams. Yep. You know, that, uh, a player like that who you can get uh, out, uh, you know, from the college ranks right now. I, I can't think of anybody offhand. I'd have to, you know, research a little. Yeah, bit. I'm just thinking, you, you know, not not a name player, but I, yeah. if you had your wish, I will. I wish this position group guy who's the best at this position is available because we really need this guy yeah. in this position. Is it a wide receiver? Is it an offensive lineman or what have you? Fuck it. You got to replace aging pass rushers now too. Yeah, you know, exactly. you've got to replace aging pass rushers. Uh, I mean, you need, you need, you know, Alan Robinson probably will not be back next year. I would guarantee that leaves you with Darnell Mooney. Who's a good player. I think so. You know, a really good player probably could play uh, as a number one. He's more of a number two, but uh, you'd need to draft a, a guy opposite him. That's basically, you need to draft another Alan Robinson, to be honest, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, someone who's big and fast. Right. You know, it is a good red zone target. Uh, I would love to see, you know, like I, I said earlier in the show, you got to start building around uh, uh, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, right? So Mooney is a great guy for him to continue this relationship. It's clear that they, mm -hmm. they have a bond, you know. Uh, Fields targets him a lot. They 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 got something going on here that could be even better. It could be like this guy could be catching 1,000 yards every season, seven to yeah. 10 touchdowns. I think that can happen. If you were to get now in the second round, another wide receiver that he can build a bond with there. And now, so for the next five, six, seven, yeah. eight years, you got a pair of wide receivers that he can count on to go deep, to go over the middle and so forth. And then hopefully Cole Komet continues to progress because I've seen some good things about him over the last few days. And then you got, uh, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. So now maybe, you know, maybe we're cooking with some gas here. And then in the third yeah. round, you got your offense 
offensive lineman to supplement Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, James Daniels, and not, now you you hopefully Cody Whitehair is here for another season. Maybe get us a, a, a good center in the third round. All of a sudden, now the offense starts yeah. to look you know pretty competitive. Yeah, I agree with PJ too, man. If you want to help Justin Fields, you need some. Pay he drafted two tackles. Let's see mm-hmm. if they're any good guards you can find in the later round, but. A good, a good center. I mean, Mustafer is not a good center. You know. Yeah, I think technically wise, he's very good. It's just he's got to develop that strength. You know, he he reminds me of a bad Hironis Garasu. And what I mean yeah, by yeah. that, Hironis Garasu was all technique and quickness and so forth, but he just didn't have the strength. You know, yeah. and, 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 and this is the black and blue division. You're gonna have Lions and Vikings, and Packers who are big. You know, Kenny Clark. Um, everybody think about everybody that Sam Mustafer has faced this season. He goes up against, uh, um, what's his name from the Rams? Um, the, uh, um, the, the we played uh, Vita Vey on the box. Yeah. We Massive played Vita man. The, but, uh, 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 the Rams, uh, the defensive tackle, the Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. Thank you. I cried yeah. when uh, he went right before the Bears picked on that in that draft. Mustafer has played against some of the best interior defensive linemen. I'm not saying you know if you yeah. can't find somebody better, if you can find somebody better, bypass them. No, I, I we should always try to improve our the position. But I, I don't hate him as much as most people do. I, uh, I I just wish he was more of an Olin Krutz type leader in the locker room. I think maybe that's what we're missing. That's, yeah, that's a great point. You know, um, you need the alpha males uh, and this Bears yeah. team, when, when you talk about the Neanderthal gene, right? Yeah. Doug Buffon would always say the Neanderthal gene. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you got, you know, Akeem Hicks, I think, is that guy. He's a smart, aggressive guy. Um, but beyond that, you don't really have anyone that comes to mind immediately because Khalil right. kind of keeps to himself. Uh, Robert Quinn kind of keeps himself. Hey, by the way, did you see that story about Robert Quinn when he was a teenager? He had a tumor in his brain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The I brain didn't tumor. Know that? I didn't know that either. Holy shit. I Blew saw me that away. video and I was like, I was really moved by it. I mean, yeah. he was moved uh, recalling the story. I had no fucking clue that he went through yeah. and overcame it. Oh, I, why didn't we hear that story last year? He yeah. was on the team last year, so he wasn't playing much. But I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Zach, <laughs> now that he's playing, right? Uh, yeah, really. Uh, Zach is asking about Max contract. No, he's got a really big cap hit, uh, so you really can't get rid of him until after the next season. And even then, you'd be, you'll have some dead cap issues for the next three seasons because he's helped out the Bears and pushed his salary back and blah, 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 that whole fucking mess. So uh, Max, I, I, unless the Bears are willing to trade him away for draft picks or whatever – and 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 assume that the the hit on his contract because the Bears are going to have to eat some of it. Yeah, uh, Mac is going to be around at least another year, and I I'm guessing another two seasons. Yeah, he he's shut down for the rest of the year, correct? Uh yes, he is shut down for the rest of the year. By the way, PJ yeah. wants to know about the center from Iowa. What do you know about him? Right, uh, and his name escapes me. Tyler. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's excellent man. If you watch. Uh, video uh of him i could tell you his name uh have it here right now. uh is it patrick um uh, no no it can't be tyler it's name's tyler like uh oh boy 
Tyler Lindstrom. Lind Lind Lindemeyer. Lind Tyler Lind Lindemeyer, right? No, Linderbaum. Linderbaum. Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He's one of those guys. He's the. Uh, he's fast. If you see, you watch him getting downfield. Because uh, he has strength. He's yeah, he's good. He's the number one center in the uh, college right now. Possible first round pick, maybe second round or third round. But uh, he, there's tape out there on him. You'll watch his you know highlight tape and stuff of uh, of him uh, also like running downfield on a long touchdown. He's like almost as fast as the as the wide receiver. Oh, I love it. I love stuff, it. Yeah. If, if if you can find offensive linemen in today's day and age of football that who can run and are but can still uh, have the core strength to stop some of these big uh, brutes that are rushing. Yeah, and yeah. You've, you've, you've struck gold. You'll uh, have to uh, see what uh, Danny and Neil say about yeah. the, the big center from Iowa. But yeah, he's, he's uh, he would be a great pick. I know uh, uh, we already drafted one Iowa center. He didn't end up playing center for us, but uh, James Daniels. Yeah. Maybe uh, he will though. We will yeah. see. But, but you know what, what's weird is I was talking out loud about the the quick fixes to the offense, man. You know, it, maybe you can get something going because I, I do have high hopes for Cole Komet and and uh, Darnell Mooney. I'm hoping those two draft picks. Uh, I think both of them are entering their third season next year, right? Yeah, because they were so, yeah. from the same draft, and that's usually the time. And Tooch knows this from his fantasy football. Uh, uh, yeah. Knowledge. It's usually year three where tight ends and wide receivers start to mature, and now yeah. it's starting to kaching, kaching, kaching. And so Mooney and Komet, I could see Mooney gaining eighty catches to ninety catches next season, and I yeah. could see Cole Komet getting sixty to seventy-five catches next season. And that would see be it. huge. That would be really. I, nice. Mooney's a guy that reminds me of Marvin Harrison of the Colts. I don't know if you remember Marvin Harrison. He was oh, absolutely you know, fucking uh, record setter with Peyton about Mitch. the same size, uh, shifty, you know, smaller guy, but uh, had that knack for getting open. Uh, Komet to me is a little stiff, you know, out there. I he's think... not. He's not athletic like Travis Kelsey. No, he's, you know? he's more Kyle Rudolph than Travis yeah. Kelsey. Right. Yeah, he's a, a bit of a more of a bruiser, but. Uh, uh, would love to see Komet have the success, you know, hometown kid. You know, yep. it's, a, it's a great story. It really, but, really is. Good guy. He lives down the block from me, so I'm going right? to uh, go camp out in front of his house. Until <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have uh, been uh, watching some good series, though, too. I watching, started watching Cowboy Bebop on Oh, my, uh, my daughter texted me the other really day and said, Dad, are you watching Cowboy Bebop? Because she and I would watch the anime series okay. when she was younger. And so I told her, no, I haven't seen it yet. And so uh, I'm she it. sent great. me a clip from her. She pointed the camera at her, her, her TV and showed me a scene from the show. It looks really fantastic. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. It's got a story, and uh, it's not super complicated. Uh, special effects are great. There's martial arts. Who doesn't like martial arts movies, Ooh, right? I love. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, John Cho is one in it too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you'd really like. It. I mean, I I never saw. I mean, I I watched the anime, but I wasn't like a super huge fan. So uh, I love I love that anime style. You know, where it's gangsters and yeah. smoke that noir look. Yeah. Uh, I I love that, and uh, I didn't see tons of those episodes, but the few that I saw with my daughter, I forced her to watch it. She was, I don't know if I like this. No, you like it. Watch it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, I got to watch your princess movies. You gotta watch my. Uh, it was great. 
I, I got to tell you, um, after you know, I watched another sports movie, which was new. As I watched that, you know, that I gave you King Richard last week. This time, I watched Bruise, the Halle Berry oh. as the MMA fighter, and I, I really enjoyed it, man. I'll tell you, it's rough, man. That there's, you know, you're rooting for her. You know, it's it's a lot like the wrestler that Mickey Rourke movie. Great, movie. you know, kind of redone with Halle Berry. I'll tell you, Halle Berry's two years older than me. I'll tell you, she's she is she really like punished herself for this role. She is in phenomenal shape. She took a beating. Uh, she looks fantastic. She does not look like she's 55 years old. I'll tell you. She, you know, I, the last movie I saw her in, what was the name of that movie where she plays a uh, 911 operator? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Uh, I, I saw it in the theater. So in the the one that Dan Aguirre hated that movie, though. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. It's well, like it's the most un unre unrealistic movie you'd seen for nine one one operators. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's it's a silly little action movie and stuff. It, it, it's right. not. It's, I saw I, it. Just, I, I thought it was good. It other right. than to uh, in the movie theater when I saw it, there is this movie screen that's what forty feet tall and eighty feet wide, and there she is in a super close up. And her skin looked like a baby skin. And we're talking She's about a so year old woman at the time. Yeah. Just phenomenal uh, construction by the dear Lord when yeah. uh, he picked Halle Berry and Jennifer Lopez. These very special women, they're just they're not a blemish anywhere. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd enjoy it too. I, I like the Will Smith movie a little bit better just because Will Smith's acting. If he doesn't, he's, he is the front runner. For best actor after That's this, what I've heard, yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. So if you do, want yeah, to my see wife it, and I are going to watch it this weekend. So uh, we'll we'll report back here next Tuesday. Anything else that you've seen that you want to share with people? Well, I was watching Hawkeye, but after the event, after the uh, Marvel got trounced on here, I wasn't going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. It's really good, man. It's uh, uh Haley Steinfeld. Is that her name? Haley Stanfield. I love her in True Grit. That's the where yeah, her exactly role. True Grit. The. Uh, she is excellent in this. She is so funny. Uh, she's she's her facial expressions too, and her, her comedic delivery. And then Jeremy Renner the same. They're both. It it's a uh, it's got the action. It's got the the uh, crime uh, gangsters. It's got the mystery too. Mm -hmm. And then you know it's got these two characters. They're dynamic. They you know they hate each other. Then they start to like each other. You know, and uh, they both give great comedic lines. You know, deadpan delivery. It's it's really good. I, I think it's really good. So, uh, do I need any Marvel backstory knowledge in order? Because uh, no. yeah, if that's the case, then I, I can't see it. There's all. I mean, the only thing is, uh, like, uh, I guess when 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 she was a little girl, she saw Hawkeye fighting as an Avenger, but when she was like six or eight or nine or whatever, and she like from that time on, she wanted to learn the bow and arrow, martial arts, and fencing and all this stuff. So when, by the time she meets him, she's like, you know, like a little ninja. You know, but uh, you know she's she's funny though. I mean, that's great. Vera Farmiga is in it. Simon Callow and I forget. There's a bunch of other good actors. Got a great cast. Yeah, you know, and I I I do love some of these movies. I just think there's too many of it. Like, uh, yeah, this is a fan. series though. It's a series. Yeah, right. which is cool. I I could definitely get into that. One of my favorite uh, comic book action movies is Kick Ass. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. great. Love it. Yeah. I, now I haven't seen part two. I understand part, part two is great too. Yeah, the first one is the first one's brilliant, phenomenal. <laughs> it is ex exactly it is brilliant. Yeah, yep. Nicholas Cage. Oh, I did see a great movie. Speaking of Nicholas Cage, 
Mm-hmm. You have to see Pig. Yeah, I've heard about it. Have you that. seen it? It's excellent, yeah. man. It's so good. Well, when I'm sc- scrolling through the movies to stream, I see it there. That's but great. It's funny because I like Nicolas Cage, but everyone else in my household just abhors Nicolas he's Cage. A, he's a terrible actor. But this one, he's excellent, man. It's like, you know, he, they gave him an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas. I mean, he was a drunk. I mean, playing a drunk, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so he had to act drunk. You know, the hardest thing to do, right? You and I do it every night. (laughs) (laughs) This one is one he he, he's way better than leaving Las Vegas. He's excellent. He, I don't want to give it away, but he's a he's a truffle farmer. You know, he's got a pet pig, and his pig is stolen. That's the whole movie. It's great. He's got a he's got a secret past, and uh, he's got a friendship with a young man who buys the truffles from him, and they're Mm -hmm. set off to find his pig and into this underworld of Portland, Oregon. Uh, It's great, man. It's I'll killer. Check it out. I'll have it's, to check it, it out. Sounds it's good. in three acts. Each act is a like part one, rustic mushroom tart, you know, and then there's like part two, you know, it's another dish, you know, because it's it takes place in the food scene of Portland, you know, because he's a truffle farmer, a truffle buyer. Right. You know, these restaurants are paying top dollar for truffles. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a hermit that lives out somewhere in, you know, uh, the wilderness of Portland in a shack, you know, with his pig. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch it. It's great. I I, I, I told. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the uh, Babe Pig movies, right? Especially the second one, which was directed by George Miller of the Road yeah. Warrior Mad yep. Max. A fucking phenomenal, great movie making. <laughs> by the way, uh, I know I'm gonna get Love yelled George Miller Truth Nine and by you, but uh, I, I have it. not watched Guardians. Uh, killer! It's guard. The both Guardians movies are good. One is uh, is better. Uh, it's it's unlike any superhero movie you'll ever see. I'm, I'm uh, told. I just read an article about this the other day as I was yeah. taking a shit. Um, that it's that funny. is the greatest Marvel movie. That Guardians I, of the Galaxy. I can watch it over and over again. I think it's hilarious too. The, yeah. the you know uh, it, it's kind of like an anti superhero movie. And then of course the director, uh, I think his name is James Gunn. He he, yeah. he did the Suicide Squad, which went a little too far with the anti-superhero right. movie. Right. But yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is perfect. It's got this great 60s and 70s soundtrack. I think 70s. 70s soundtrack, you know. And yeah. uh, I was actually name? in my car headed to the movie theater to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I got a phone call and I couldn't go to the movie. And so I, I, I haven't caught up with it. And But I will. I, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to Next week, I will have watched it by next week, uh, Tooch, and then you and I, with Dan here, we'll talk about it for a half hour. <laughs> it's great. Chris Pratt's really funny, man. And it, uh, he's a great actor. He's, he's funny really. as hell. And then you've got uh, the beautiful uh, uh, Zoe, uh, uh, what's her last name? Deshine? Deshine? No, uh, uh, God, what's the actress's oh, name? Oh, I know you're talking about Zoe. It's not Kravitz. It's uh, no. Yeah, what is her name? She's married to a tennis player. Guardians of um, what is her name? Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. So it's Puerto Rican, I think. Isn't she? Zoe Saldana? Well Dominican or Puerto Rican. If she is, I want to go over there and uh she is beautiful. With her she, <laughs> Zoe is beautiful, man. She's just so beautiful. And she's great. Uh, she's where I know she's beautiful with like green makeup in this movie. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, Zoe Soldat, she's Colombian, PJ said. Yeah, Colombia. Uh, uh, and then you've got Dave Bautista, he's also in full makeup. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, Bradley Cooper plays, uh, the, he's actually the voice of a uh, genetically modified raccoon. And uh, there's also I like a clips of that. That looks like a great special effect. That there's right? a walking tree too. That's the companion of the raccoon. That's voiced by Vin Vin Diesel. Mm -hmm. So uh, you got a good cast. And then uh, in the second movie, they add uh, I forget the actress's name. She's really funny, but she's like a praying mantis type woman. I forget her name. She's really in the funny second too. Movie? There's Guardians too, right? Oh, she wow. plays mantis. I forget her name. She's uh she's an asian actress i think let me see i'm scrolling uh, through the cast but that's guardians no too that's probably why i can't see her here guardians two pj's gonna beat me to it i know i know he is oh fuck screwed it up sorry nothing like dead air mantis is that her character's name yeah, Mantis. What's her name, the actress? Um, I forget her name. It's not Karen. Oh, it's uh, Palm Clement. Yeah, pa Palm Clement Clementine or something, right? Jeez, what a name. I've never heard it. Wow, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's, she's really good in that, too. Like, uh, Karen Gillan that plays uh, the sister of Zoe Saldana. She's like an android or something. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out. Palm, Palm Clementine? Is that her name? Palm Clementif or something? Palm Clementif. Yes. Yeah, Palm Clementif. Yeah. A member of the guy. She's really funny, man. Empathic powers. Character's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, man. All right. It is yep. time for me to go to bed. And that it is. it is time for us to pull the plug. You got any uh, betting news for our customers? In right. the, uh, if, uh, if you follow me on Twitter and you, uh, uh, you know, retweet, uh, follow me and, and retweet my play of the day. I will DM you my play of the day. And uh, today I gave out Wake Forest minus two, and that was a winner against Northwestern Wildcats. So you cash right. that ticket. Uh, I've won like four in a row on my free play, five in a row now. So, uh, and then uh, I'm also doing uh, like one minute college basketball previews on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you get. Uh, Although Duke went down, I thought Duke would probably win that and cover the spread, but they didn't. Uh, but uh, loved uh, Purdue, man. Speaking of Greg Braggs, <laughs> Purdue just hung 90 points on Florida State, who's a pretty oh. pretty darn good uh, tournament team. Nice. You know, uh, 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 Penn, uh, Purdue's got a seven foot four center. The guy's just a monster on the boards. Scores about 17, 18 points a game. Uh, sophomore, uh, I forget last name's like Edie or something. Justin Edie. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty good player, and uh, uh, they hung 92 points on Florida State tonight. So I think it was 92 to 58 or something like that. Wow, nice. So, uh, Greg Bragg's favorite team is uh, the Boilermakers. Yep. He does love his Boilermakers. Yeah, that's gonna. Uh, if I, it, that's gonna team's gonna be tough to beat in, in the tournament this year. They might take it all the way. I, they have got a hell of a team this year, the Boilermakers. So yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be betting on them. <laughs> Well, still too early. You know, yeah, still a little early, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, hey, uh, let people know your Twitter account for those listening on the audio podcast. Yep, at John Santucci VIP on That's Twitter right. and uh, 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 podcast on YouTube. I do uh, about four or five, uh, five no, actually five times a week talking mm -hmm. college football and NFL right now, and pretty soon college basketball. Uh, that's the Maximum Edge Sports Wagering Show on YouTube. 
with uh, a rotating guest of handicappers, rotating uh, cast of handicappers. Uh, you can see uh, I'm on a Sports in the World podcast tomorrow with Ladarius Brown. Oh, Talking nice. college basketball and uh, probably some Bears and uh, Atlanta Falcons, which is his favorite team. Mm-hmm. So I'll be uh, I'll be twelve thirty tomorrow. I'll be on Sports in the World with Ladarius Brown. Excellent. By the way, I'm going to be on the Irish. Um, oh, the Irish Bears fan show. Yeah, Irish Bears fan. Nice. Show. I love those guys. Four p.m. Central. Yeah, those guys are fantastic. Yeah. Yep. So I'll be on there. And then uh, Buffon 55 here at 7 p.m. Uh, we've got a great guest to help us break down the Arizona Cardinals. And by the way, uh, Greg Gable and I are doing a special show tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And then nice. if you like hockey, it's 2 p.m. It's Bar Down Hockey Talk with the Parisi brothers and Edward yep. Mueller. So uh, Edward Mueller. Yeah, I said that correctly. And um, it is late. My brain is not working really Remember well. Remember John, John Buffon's pick for the Bears draft was Darnell Mooney. That is right. right. Darnell Mooney, indeed. Yeah, um, he called it. Better, which was better than his second-round pick, who was some blocker <laughs> from Kentucky who was, who was dropped onto the fifth or sixth round, something like that. But uh, nonetheless, um, we got tons of stuff here, and the best way to uh, stay on top of stuff is to subscribe to the Barroom Network can, here on our YouTube channel and also on our audio podcast. Tooch, last word. Can you get the uh, jersey in the swag show? It's sharp. Yeah, you like this? Yeah. No, I really actually, do. I'm jealous. Um, yeah, we might have to find you one of these. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'll buy one of those if uh, you send, a, send me to the swag shop. I'll buy one of those. Oh, yes, I like that. Yeah. Thing here. yeah, that's nice. Yep, excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's like having sex. Yeah, um, I like it. <laughs> sharp. Uh, we, 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 we got some new news regarding the swag shop, which we'll have in the next week or two. Uh, but uh, if you need something immediately, deepdishtees.com is the place to go. But we're going to make some uh, new exciting changes with our swag shop very soon. So I will uh, leave it there. Tooch, thanks a, a lot for uh, for all you do for this show yeah. and for being a hell of a fun. great guy. I can only um, block Don Burr so many times. I can only give him a timeout <laughs> so many times. Guys, By sorry. The way, we, we didn't get a I sex love- story from Dan. Do you want to share one of your sex uh. stories? Not really. <laughs> I was kind of, I, uh, first time you masturbated. Go ahead. Oh, gosh. Uh, it's probably in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next uh, week I'm going to pair my soul with some story. Uh, I, I don't know what it is yet, but I've got some uh, I got some really good ones uh, that I've been withholding. Actually, I might yeah. withhold them until after the bear season when we need stuff to talk about. But I've got some right. stuff from my childhood that I must share with people. I was thinking about it the other yeah, day cool. as I was showering, and I was saying to myself, I can't believe I haven't shared this with people. But uh, I will. I promise to do so. Some crime stories from my from my uh, young days. So, uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, I teach you. You'll you'll uh, get a kick out of some of this stuff. But anyway, uh, it is time for us to go. Uh, make sure you start the day with us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Central. It is Greg Gabriel Talks Football. He and I will be talking football, and then we've got more stuff the rest of the day. Take care, Very everybody. Cool. Good night, Firefly.